now, introducing the man who knows exactly who the Ravens will be drafting over the course of the next few days following a dream he had this past weekend, as while he's quote honored unquote that the team is going to be drafting him in the first, he was somewhat concerned they drafted his wife to play center. After ignoring the advice of the CDC and opting to host bi-monthly orgies at his house for the past year, he was finally brought to justice despite what he incredulously insisted was, quote, nothing but respect for the control of disease. We all used protection, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. It's quite graphic, by the way, that Yeah, that well, to be that fair. Was, it was a little bit much. I, um... I mean, I I wrote it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't I'm know what really to say. Sure what that I apologize. Means. You know, you know sue quite, me. Quite graphic. I didn't. It was one thing led to another. These things are just more of a mental. I just go down rabbit holes, and then I end up where I am, and I'm like, that's about the length that I need to read for this open. Okay. And I thought it was kind of funny. And, and done at that point. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. All right. Well. There, You're welcome. There, there we have it. I guess. <laughs> wow. That was. Uh, that How about was them sports? Okay. Sure. <laughs> The Orioles didn't do anything against Corey Kluber last night. No, Bruce Irwin didn't quite fulfill my expectations in that regard. the end of that conversation. Well, Kluber looked good. The slider still works. Sure. I don't know what else I want to say. That's not a good thing. I don't don't want Corey Kluber to be good again. He plays the Yankees now. Doesn't he have like 45-year-old vibes? Uh, He's only like 34, 35, I I think, probably. I didn't even know he was that old, to be honest with you. He was a pretty old breakthrough. He was like, his rookie year, he was like 26 or something like that. If you say so. If I had to guess, he was 33. All right. Uh, Hi, Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Kyle. We're here. We've got uh, an extraordinarily busy show. He's 35. Coming up. Wow, how about that? Coming up, we're going to chat with Sal Palantonio. He'll be covering the Ravens as part of his uh, responsibilities during the NFL draft for ESPN. He's got like four other teams that he's responsible for because he's Sal Palantonio. ESPN. And he can do that. That's the way that it works. So we'll talk to Sal. Um, We're going to talk with Patrick Stevens as we do every Wednesday. Drew Forrester as we do every Wednesday. We're going to do Rick calling the Derby today. I still haven't told Drew, but I was like, hey, I just need to share the link with somebody and they're eligible to join, right? He was like, yeah, why? I was like, okay. Thanks. Well, somebody's got to add them to the, the, no, I think the chat as his, well. No, I think his is a free-for-all. It's just no, you don't need to be admitted. No, somebody else has to add no, them. No, 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 no. You have There's to add a, them. I think his is different. What? I'm just It doesn't saying, make any sense. I'm, all I'm trying to say is that whenever I join those old meetings, and you can do settings on Zoom meetings. He has also has premium, so maybe there's even more. Uh, that might have something to do with that. Um, I don't know. Well, anyway, the point is Rick's supposed to call the Derby. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point. I got to be honest with you. As I said the other day, I don't even know who's in the Derby. I'm just being, I sent him the horses. It I'm, took me 15 I'm minutes. I'm completely honest. I have no idea what the storylines are. I'm so sorry. There's one that's normal, two to one. A great. favorite that's two to do one. Do you know what the name is? Is it bourbon? There's something related to bourbon. I want there's to a bourbon horse. Success is involved. Okay, it's Succession. It's a very popular you show. Know, I sent Rick, Rick a link with all the stuff, so there's I can just a, There's a bourbon-related horse that everybody likes, and I can't think of what the name of the horse is. And this is just, and I'm just trying to be honest, normally I have a week after the draft yeah. to focus on the Kentucky Derby and get ready for all of this. We don't have this this year. I have been completely NFL Draft Central. Undefeated essential quality. Unde- what? Yeah, essential quality is the name. Essential quality. Yeah, that's no, that's a long name for a horse. Undefeated was okay. And that's the two to one. Essential quality is the two to one. What's the bourbon related uh, name? There's uh, a there's Daniel's a, Jack. That's not the one. <laughs> I'll look it up. 
Um, there is known agenda, like the king, Brooklyn strong, keep me in mind, mm-hmm. all one word, sainthood, obesos, uh, kisses, uh, mandaloon, I don't know, Medina spirit, hot rod Charlie, love it, uh, midnight <laughs> bourbon, that's the one. That, right? thank you, Jesus. Hot rod Charlie's an eight to one, that's my guy. All right, fair enough, I'm midnight bourbon, that's my guy, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, the There's one called the hidden right? stash. Uh, 50 to one. I don't know what that means, <laughs> I have no idea one. what that's supposed to mean. And also, uh, coming up later on, John Tillman, the head coach, the number one team in the country, the Maryland Terrapins, scheduled to join us. So very busy today to, day today. And then what we have scheduled for tomorrow is nothing. Well, we got draft on. Nothing. With <laughs> scheduled us for tomorrow. And Kenzel's. I, I hope. We'll do our draft draft. Correct. For sure. we got to come up with a penalty oh, for that. Oh, crap. I didn't even realize need, we were going to do that. Yeah, need, just, need, I said for sure just mindlessly, and I just realized need, what that means. Need penalty ideas. Need penalty ideas for our draft draft tomorrow. Um, so think of those today and, and shoot them to me. It's also, by the way, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. And it's Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill celebrating their 25th anniversary this year with an amazing menu. I mean, an absolutely outstanding menu available for you, including zucchini fries, the Perfect smoky thigh wings, double bacon and cheddar burger, barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, the turtle cheesecake, and so much more at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. Someone who participates at random, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Go there right now. Scroll down past uh, this video, and you will find uh, the scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday, or go to at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. You'll find the scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. Get your responses in. Somebody is winning a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill who participates. The scenarios, we're just going to have to get into them. We haven't had a lot of time to start collecting responses, but it's what it is. Uh, Got to do it. Would you rather numero uno, somehow the Ravens go the entirety of the NFL draft without selecting a single edge rusher? Or it's a bold strategy, somehow the Ravens go the entirety of the NFL draft without selecting a single pass catcher? Mm-hmm. Number two, would you rather a judge has found an old fine that you didn't pay and now it would cost you so much you can't afford to pay it? So you can do one of two things. Would you rather you have to spend a week, the next week, doing nothing but watching and compiling videos of injuries like the one that Chris Weidman suffered in the UFC fight this weekend or doing nothing but watching videos of Elon Musk attempting to do stand-up comedy in preparation for him hosting Saturday Night Live. Okay. Number three. I think this is it. What? We'll get to it. Yeah, if you think that's an easy one, you're an insane person. No, it's not. Those things are, that that is equally miserable. That's miserable. No, it ain't. And you're stupid. Number three, would you rather? Major League Baseball continues with the current extra inning rule forever or they're apparently attempting in the pioneer league a home run derby in extra innings this year so the other scenario would be they play 12 innings of regular baseball and then go to a home run derby it's a good question from jim palmer on the broadcast last night like who's throwing those i think that that was explained i do think that like you get to pick I think that's who gets the, to pick the, the team. That's the pitching team. So they're actually trying. I think that's the word. I don't it makes even it, understand. Yeah, like I, that's it makes it fascinating. Wouldn't that take it longer. Make yeah, it take I, longer. I would think so. 
So it's the first. Okay, here we go. Under the rule that each team designates a hitter who receives five pitches with the game with the game determined by the most home runs hit. I thought it said. This sounds like a gimmick. This sounds like the home run derby where you're just grooving them in. What do you mean? How is like if the pitcher is actually trying? Well, you're saying you would get to choose one of your own pitchers to groove you balls? No, I'm just very confused. If if the opposing team, the team that's throwing to the hitter, is choosing who they're putting on the mound, right? Then they're trying to get that guy out. It's no longer a home run derby. This is just an at bat. How is it? If you have five pitches, then the pitcher's oh, going to be like, "You get to swing at all of them." You don't. There's no. You there's don't have no. To. In the home run derby, you can spit on pitches and say, "I'll take. I'll wait till you get five swings." Is that what they're I would, saying? I would assume that's what that means. Is five swings? I don't think that means. Well, then this pitcher's going to potentially throw thirty-five pitches. I mean, potentially, which doesn't seem good. Yeah. It does seem like a better scenario would be that you get to pick your own pitcher to groove the groove them in. It's like that here, does seem like get it would our be a pitching better coach out there and let him be the one to throw. I, I like, don't and not I, tax our pitchers. Correct. We don't want any of our guys yeah. to throw any more balls. I don't disagree with that, and I, that might be the way that ends up going. I don't know. The point being. <laughs> Those are your options. We're playing. Would you Pitching rather? Pitching coach win. positions have altered altogether. This guy's got a live arm. We got to get. Him. He's got about a thousand pitches left in that arm. We got to get him on the team. Uh, <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't know how they're going to go about doing that. And also, I don't care either for what it's well, worth. It's not I don't care. Well, you say that in this scenario, it could. I am presenting the possibility that it could, and you're acting like they've never done anything silly before, pal. You're like acting what? like the, in cotton, baseball, cotton uniforms. <laughs> They've done a lot of silly things over the years. All right, let's uh, let's dive into it because we don't have a lot of time. We'll do number one right now. Number one, would you rather the Ravens go the entire draft without selecting a single edge rusher or go the entire draft without selecting a single pass catcher? I mean, hey. I am of the – this is the perpetually – the age-old talk for me. Like, okay, we know what the Ravens can do. And we know what they haven't been able to do yet, but we also know what they have never fully committed to doing. So I'm a personally of the opinion that if you're going to do this all-or-nothing approach, fully commit to the offense, right? Like build something behemoth that, that ultimately, if it fails, the criticisms can't be, well, you didn't try to surround them with talent. Okay, I, I I get what you're saying. I do, in that you need an answer. Mm-hmm. I I think the argument, and I've got, by the way, we have gotten responses on both sides of this. I think the argument I would make back to that is, okay, but let's not pretend like this team is going to be different than what we think. The, the, the bit yesterday that Jeff Schwartz was doing was like, well, maybe they're changing their offense. Like, I, Sure, Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator. They're going to do what they're going to do. I hear you. Um, guys are guys, though. If this team has three legit wideouts in the football field, defenses you, have to play them differently. I don't disagree with any of that. and I, I don't want them to go an entire draft without selecting, uh, but I don't want them to do either one. In the scenario that they got to do one the or the Ravens other. have demonstrated an ability to manufacture pass rush, and you're also talking about a scenario where you're neglecting the tight end position. So that's even hampering their ability to run the ball. Like, you know, it's not as cut and dry as just saying there's no receivers here and you don't need them. No, I'm just saying there's nobody that's a pass catcher. I'm saying that uh, dead on. Uh, some early responses that have come in on this one from Mobtown Blitz. I think this is Jake who runs this account. No, this is not. That's a different. This might be Kyle. Who is this? Who runs this account, Mobtown Blitz? Uh, We're doxing you. 
Yeah, yeah, we want to know. Give us your social security number and, and a hair sample, please. Uh, edge rusher, because they've proven they can develop them in the past. That's sort of what you're saying. That if you, You're saying he would rather them not. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Right, that's the, okay. because they've proven they can develop an edge rusher in the past. Um, from Sean, it's an interesting way of saying it. Sean says, the Ravens specifically need a star at receiver, not just another body. They need bodies at edge rush. I don't know if I agree with that. So if they whiff on star potential guys at receiver, I'm fine if they don't take one. I, w- I feel like I would say the same thing about edge rush. I feel like I would say that they don't really need more bodies. They've got bodies. They've got Jalen Ferguson. They've got Tyus Bowser. They've got Pernell McPhee. Like th- I don't, I don't think there's a world in which what they're missing at edge rush is another body. I mean, that's what they're missing. A veteran that you would. I mean, this definition, whatever the quote unquote body is here, right? Like that could be defined as. Well, I think he's Justin just separ- I, or Melvin I, I, Ingram, I think right? he's separating stars. Sure, and acknowledging and that. The, the need for a star. I think in the edge rush department, you're not missing a, th- a third round pick. Isn't what you're missing sure. in edge rush. You've you've got that. What you're missing is a guy that you can count on to go get the quarterback on the ground twelve times a season. That's what's missing from the a- Ravens' edge rush department. So I would actually, I would, man, I, am I, I think you have something closer to a star at receiver right now. It's certainly, I get we, what you're saying. You have, the a better, pass catching, you have a better. Nobody has Hollywood Brown right now on the edge rush department, or or Mark Andrews in the pass catching department. You have two better players than you do of any of your edge rushers. But there's also a, there's a volume difference. You're not trotting out five edge rushers at any time in a formation. Well, right? I don't, like, uh, well not five, but, you know. You like know. There's no formation that dictates that. You, like, there's, this is about, to me, the Ravens, the way they've lost games, right? Like, the fact that they are still exposed if they have to play a certain way. And so, like, ultimately... Look, I don't know that I fully uh, they have, I buy into the Greg Roman offense to know that it is the most prolific Ravens offense in my life. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that. With maybe the exception of 1996, but I was 5. It wasn't your life though. Yeah, sure. You said your life. I can appreciate that while also acknowledging that I still have questions about it's how fine. they're going to evolve it, right? I mean, I and hear you, and that's so I will withhold judgment to an extent because I understand it was a really weird year last year. This year's offseason doesn't appear to be normal, normal. I don't know what that means moving yeah, forward. No, I don't really but, know either. But, um, you know, I think that I need to see at least whether it be Greg Roman, whether it be Lamar Jackson, maybe it's none of the above and the offense just is amazing and they can throw the ball willy-nilly because they've added all these receivers, right? But I need to know one way or another. From Nick Kelly, I still think to beat Kansas City, you need an offense that can match it, so I'll sacrifice edge rush in favor of pass catcher. From Kevin, the way our offense is set up, we can make do with the offense as it is as long as we address the offensive line, and I also want to see our young receivers from last year's draft play, so I would rather go without selecting a pass catcher. Keep in mind, offensive linemen can report as eligible. Right, but that's not, this is well, not, not how we're, you know, you're trying to Kyle it up now. You're trying to really screw things up here. No, that's not a thing. Uh, from Dave, Dave says, uh, Glenn, obviously these scenarios are horrible. You're right, Dave. That's the reason why we play the game. You know, I've, obviously I've, I've tried at times to cry out and be like, I'm so tired of the Ravens approach that I want them to literally draft offensive players only kind of thing. You know, like I've, I've said that, but before. that doesn't make it smart. Well, That's just uh, no offense. If it's your idea, it's, it's not it's as definitely. If, not I think smart. they've probably outside of a the rogue offensive lineman and a sixth round receiver, they've drafted only defensive players before, right? Like, 
it's it's not as if it's that far skewed the other way. Where the scenario where it's like only offensive players, they've been two players away in certain drafts probably yes. from it being the other way. That's okay. There's something to be said for that. Uh, that being said, I think ultimately I would rather ra- the Ravens not draft an edge rusher. I feel like they have enough guys right now that they could figure it out. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that if they gave some of these players more opportunities, they would even progress more, specifically Tyus Bowser and maybe even Jalen Ferguson. I mean, it's it's tough to say that with Jalen Ferguson just because he's been he's done nothing. I mean, it's just tough to it, it's tough to think that Jalen Ferguson would be of course, a. Of but it's also it's hard to imagine they would have gone out and traded for Unique Ngakwe if they felt that Jalen Ferguson was capable of going and doing I, anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right, I'm yeah. saying it's tough to think that the answer is just put Jalen Ferguson sure. on the field more and, and right. he's going to solve the problem for you when they've it, it's, it's just been a zero. Um, I Look, I still hope there's something there. I still hope. With Malik Harrison, that is that a legitimate thing they want to try? I don't, I don't know. Well, didn't they also? Is LJ I mean, Ford's back on a year? Yeah, LJ Ford's back, yep. I don't know if Malik Harrison is somebody to be willing to look at more as an outside linebacker. I, I maybe, maybe he is. It's possible that he could go that route, but I don't. I don't know that I feel something strongly yeah, about that. Heard people I, talk about it like that kind of when they had drafted him, they had seen him potentially having value as both an inside and outside type player. Correct. He flashed a couple times last year. Yes. Um. I mean, they don't exactly have obvious answers in front of him, right? No. Like, no. So I'm sure he has at least a crack at it. And from Chris, Chris says, Glenn, I don't think I could stomach a scenario where they don't select a pass catcher at all. This team has to progress. They have no other option but to try to get someone else that can click with Lamar Jackson. Um, sure. I mean, I guess I, I guess if I'm doing this bit, you know, you acknowledged a second ago, like if, if you go with the uh, drafting no edge rushers thing, then you could say, hey, they could still sign Melvin Ingram. They could still sign Justin Houston, whereas eh, I guess the flip side would be somebody would say they could still sign Antonio Brown or trade oh, for Antonio Julio. Brown just signed. He did? With the Bucks. Oh, yeah, the Bucks. Yeah. That's right. He did yeah. just sign back, yes. Uh, or they could still trade for Julio Jones after the draft, although you know, after our conversation with um, Orlando Ledbetter yesterday, I don't know now that that's something they're looking – I'm, I am really confused. We thought that was definitely something they were looking to do after the draft. He said, no, they could absolutely be looking for this year's picks and then just stagger when the trade is official. But I don't know how that works with it being for this year's picks. I didn't, I don't know I'm still a little bit confused by how all of that works. So maybe there is still a scenario we could trade a maybe next Sal year. Maybe might be able to answer that. Maybe I don't. I don't know how much he's. I don't know. I don't, the, know. I don't know if the Falcons are one of his. They're not. I, I if I were betting on the person most likely to be able to help, it would between the I mean, three I, of us. Well, sure, the three yeah. of us. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm not sure that he's been following. He's been doing matchup shows. Sure. He's been getting ready to cover the teams he's got to cover in the draft. We'll talk to him here in one second. Continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Again, GloryDaysGrill.com. Don't forget, tomorrow night is the night. By the way, I just, just was just informed. Anybody who comes out tomorrow night, we're going to have uh, some home team masks to give away. They're the purple and orange state flag masks that I've been telling you about for weeks. We're going to be at Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, myself, KZ, Jeremy Kahn, for the Great Eights memorabilia, Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland draft party tomorrow night. The party starts at 7. It's hosted by Gus Edwards. Get your meet and greet tickets Right now, great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia. So the number eight S, great, G-R-E-A-T, eight S, memorabilia.com. Or at Mission Ticks, 
And you can, when you purchase your meet and greet tickets, use the code GLEN, G-L-E-N-N, in all caps, to get $8 off your meet and greet ticket. Again, the money for the meet and greet, which gets you a picture and autograph with Gus Edwards, is going to Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. So you're doing a great thing for a great charity. You're getting the opportunity to hang out with one of your favorite football players. We've got uh, a, a mini silent auction, uh, raffles going on during the course of the night, food and drink specials all throughout the course of the evening. It's just going to be an awesome time hanging out tomorrow night at Looney's Pub Perry Hall and our Project Game Day draft special broadcast, which you can watch. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, or you can listen to it, PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. There is so much that I have to tell you about in the course of that, but all of that coming up tomorrow night starting at 7.30, and we will have a draft special from the studio on Friday night with myself, Casey, and Kyle, Friday night starting at 7 for rounds 2 and 3 of the draft. All right? Good? Capiche? Got it? Again, get your tickets. Get your tickets right now for the meet and greet. Great 8's memorabilia with the number 8 and mission ticks. And use that code GLEN, G-L-E-N-N, for when you do, and you'll save 8 bucks. I also now know that the last of the Mo Gabba talking bobbleheads will be available tomorrow night as well at Looney's. This is it. This is your final chance. If you have not gotten your Mo Gabba talking bobblehead yet, they will be available tomorrow night at Looney's where we'll be for our draft special with uh, KZ and Jeremy Kahn. All right. Joining us now, uh, he, of course, will be part of ESPN's NFL Draft broadcast. He'll be covering, covering the Ravens, among other teams. As always, the NFL Matchup Show giving you the best content you could possibly ask for this week ahead of the NFL Draft. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program our friend, Mr. Sal Palantonio, who joins us now here on GCR. Sal, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you. Know it's a busy week. Thank you for taking some time for us. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't miss it. This oh. is an annual tradition to be on with you guys. Thanks, Glenn. Yeah, it, I really appreciate being on the show. I, oh, really I love talking with you, Sal, and you always give us such great insight. You know how much I love the matchup show. It's it's unbelievable what you guys do. As I always say, it's nice to have a football show that actually talks about football. It's just this crazy concept that you guys came up with uh, to actually talk about football. So let's let, let me start there, Sal. Where do you think the fit is? for the Baltimore Ravens when we get to the back end of the first round? And looking at these players, where do you think the quality is at the back end of the first round? Well, Glenn, let's keep it real, okay? That's what I like to do. That's what you guys like to do. Uh, that's what uh, fans along the I-95 car to do, especially in Philly and Baltimore. You know, it's time for this program, and I use it program uh, very specifically. I'm talking about the DaCosta. Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson program uh, to advance to the Super Bowl. I mean, anything less than that would be a failure. I agree. Honestly. Um, and it's got to happen sooner rather than later. Now, uh, I guess John Harbaugh has put it out there that the team has picked up the fifth-year option for Lamar Jackson, correct? Or, or they will is what he guarantees okay, it's going to will. happen, right? Okay, and there that there is tangential negotiations for a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson. But with the new TV contract and the way quarterback deals are going, you know, we're going to be in excess of 
of a quarter of a billion dollars, correct? Potentially. I mean, that's that's oh. it's potentially where we could be headed. Yes. All right. Let's let's put that all into the hopper, and 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 put it this way. Then, if you're going to make a quarter of a billion dollar investment in Lamar Jackson, um, you had better be right about Lamar Jackson because the Eagles were wrong about Carson Wentz. The Rams were wrong about Jared Goff. The Bears were wrong about Mitchell Trubisky, but they didn't give him that second contract. The Jets were wrong about Sam Darnold. They didn't give him that second contract. And so you've got to be right that Lamar Jackson is going to do more than just take you to the first or second round of the playoffs, that he's going to take you to the promised land. And so if you're all in for the next two years, 2021 and 2022, without, without making that major financial commitment, you need to do everything you can with these two first-round picks in the bottom of the draft to make sure that you can fulfill that promise. One, wide receiver. Yep. Two, build on the core of what you do best, and that is get after the quarterback. They have the second-highest blitz rate in the league. Their defense is still very, very good. It's a top-five defense in the NFL. It needs to get better. Because if you see what the Bucks did to Mahomes in Super Bowl 55, that's what the Ravens need to do to Mahomes and Josh Allen and now Carson Wentz. And I'm going to throw Baker Mayfield in there. I know I'm going to anger a lot of Ravens fans, but I think Cleveland is close. I think Cleveland's in the final four. I hear you. Next, yeah. in 20, but 2021, I've got four teams right now in the final four in the AFC. You want to hear them? Okay. Yes. By all means. Uh, I, I mean, I yeah, assume I can I would, get if you if you're saying Cleveland, it's it's got to be them. Obviously, Kansas City, Baltimore, and now, I, oh boy, who's your fifth? Sal, who's well, Buffalo? Is it Buffalo? Baltimore. I would say yes. I would say okay. Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cleveland. Now that takes um, one AFC West team, two in the North. That means Roethlisberger's done. That means he's done. Yeah. After the he won't be coming back, and the Steelers are starting over. That means your main competition in the division is going to be Cleveland because I think it's going to take one or two years for Cincinnati to either become competitive, uh, considering Joe Burrow's coming back from that injury. So you've got a window where you're competing against Cleveland for the division title with Lamar Jackson still on his rookie deal. And this, to me, is the crux of what faces the Ravens in this draft. Is there, when you talk about wide receivers, Sal, is, is it waiting and seeing who's there? Is it time for the Ravens to be aggressive in a way that they've never been aggressive before? Like, we are so used to them constantly looking to acquire more picks. They ended up with four in the third round a year ago. Um, they had five in the fourth round a few years back. Is it time for them to maybe try to go the other way identify the guy and say, let's let's go all in to get that guy, whether that's one of the guys in the draft, whether it's, you know, maybe we throw out the name Julio Jones and talk about it, right? Is it is it time for them to be aggressive the other way and do something a little more unravens-like than what we've seen in their draft history? Well, Glenn, those are a couple of really good questions, and you hit it right on the head. A, trade for Julio Jones but not a first-round pick. No way, right? Not happening. 
You agree with that? I, I mean, look, I'm Sal. If if you told me it cost you the 31st pick to just get it done, like there were teams competing, I, I, I'd probably say okay. You know, I'd probably say fine okay. if, that, if that's what it takes. Okay. Because we're talking about okay. the 31st pick, right? That's a, you know, it is a first round pick, but it's it's the 31st, right? Like I. Yeah. I feel a little bit differently about that. It's not like trading next year's. I would never trade next year's first round pick for Julio yeah. Jones because who knows what that means. But the 31st, I would do it if that's what it took. But no, presumably the, the, the situation that they're in, and you can tell me more about that, Sal, but I, I don't think that's what it should cost. I don't think that's what I'd want to do. But I, I think it's, it's something the Ravens should be exploring, shouldn't they? Yes, oh, absolutely, and I think that they are. I mean, you know, I think the cost is for sure. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I think, you know, they're always on the phones and I'm sure they're, you know, when I had a conversation with a member of the Ravens organization about a week ago, that member of the organization brought up the fact that Atlanta was trying to trade Julio Jones. Interesting. So they're well aware of the situation and they're assessing. There's no question about it. And you know what? You make a very good point about the 31st pick. The 31st pick is always a roll of the dice. Uh, you know, except when you consider the Ravens' success in the back end of the draft. Look, they, they got Todd Heap there once upon a time. I'd love for them to find a Todd Heap with the 31st pick in this draft. It would be wonderful. Yeah. But Yeah, but they've also gone, you know, and got Ray Lewis, and I think that was the 25th or 6th pick, yep, I want to yep, say. Yep, correct. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, this organization has always done a marvelous job. I think, you know, I, I think they're the best – drafting organization in this century, really. I mean, when you consider what they have acquired in the last 20, 25 years in terms of Hall of Famers and building the team from the ground up and winning two Super Bowls, it's un- unprecedented, really. So, um, you know, I, I think you should have confidence that they will do the right thing, but I think there's a sort of, I sense around Baltimore, among fans and people who watch the team closely, that this Lamar Jackson era is a little bit on the clock, that there's a little bit of impatience, that there's a little bit of disappointment and like, what do we have here? Is it going to go in the right direction or are we going to be stuck in neutral? Um, And I think whatever you can do, because I like Lamar Jackson a lot, but he's shown limitations in the passing game and they are fixable. And getting Julio Jones is one of those ways of doing it. And if you can pull it off with the 31st pick, now I hear San Francisco's interested. It would not surprise me to hear if the Eagles were interested, mm-hmm. um, but not for a first-round pick. And, and that's... San Francisco's going to be close this year, but they're going to have a rookie quarterback. I think, to me, if I'm Julio Jones, I want to go to Baltimore. It's a great town, a great organization. It got a dynamic young quarterback. you got the best running game in the league. I would, if I were Julio Jones, I'd be pushing my agent to make that happen for sure. And if it's a 31st pick, yes. So to me, whatever you can do this year to get Lamar Jackson to the next step, and I'm talking about championship game slash Super Bowl for sure. So, Sal, we've obviously the Ravens, two first round picks, not exactly a position that a lot of teams find themselves in normally, but being at the back end of the first round, it makes one wonder given the Ravens' history, but also given the nature of the draft, whether they're going to be prone to either be trading back or potentially trading up. Uh, If you had to guess, based on where they will be sitting at 27 and 31, would you expect the Ravens to maybe be more aggressive than usual and be targeting a certain player to try to go forward and get him? It's a good question, Kyle. 
Um, you know, going back to Glenn's point about being aggressive for a wide receiver, I don't do that in this draft because I think Jamar Chase is a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, difference maker. You're not going to get one of those two guys. You'd have to mortgage the future to go all the way up to get them. Uh, I think both of them are future pro bowlers. After that, I think it's a roll of the dice. I think both receivers from Alabama have traits that will help you, but they won't dominate, uh, and they won't be a difference maker in this particular offense, I don't think. I think the Ravens need a big body who can control the middle of the field, catches everything, and that you must double team. And I don't think either Waddle or um, uh, uh, Devontae Smith fit that description at all. And I don't think it's worth two first-round picks to go up and get either one of them. So, you know, when you're at 27, and the Ravens are so good at this, you know, you don't draft for need because then you're going to need a new job eventually. You stay true to your board, and you figure out who's going to be at that position talent-wise and where they slot in value-wise. And then if it doesn't fit and you've got a specific need, then you move back and you hope that you get that player. But I, I, I think they're going to get a great player at 27 that's going to help them. Sal Palantonio is with us. He'll be covering the Ravens as part of ESPN's draft coverage this weekend. Sal, you brought up edge rusher. Is there one of that group that really separates himself? And when you've watched the tape and all the work that you've done for the matchup show, you say, I, I really do think – I feel like there's this sort of – I don't know, shrug about this group of guys, and everybody's got a different opinion about the Ojalaris and the Oways and the Osais and the Tryons, and insert name here. Is one of them a guy that you've looked at and said, this guy really, to me, stands out amongst this group? No, the answer to me is no. I think maybe Quiddy Pay sure. of Michigan. I like his ferocity. Uh, I, I, I like the way he is a very pliable player. He looks like he has uh, um, good get-off-the-ball speed. Um, I'm not worried about his strength at all. I think he can build that up in an NFL training regimen. So the guy from Michigan, Quiddy Pay, I just like his pedigree. Everything about him suggests to me he's very hungry uh, and wants, it make, wants to make it big in the NFL. I don't know if he'll be there at 27. I just don't think he probably will. Yeah. Uh, he, may, he may be worth going up and getting. But you're not packaging two firsts to do that. Um, so that's the only one that really stands out. You know, uh, in the last 25 years, excuse me, I'm reading this wrong, because I, I just got this note from ESPN Stats and Information. Since the merger, since the merger in 70, the first overall pick by position, frequency of picks is quarterback and then pass rusher. Sure. And you have to go a long way in this draft after quarterback to find a pass rusher that's worthy of even a top 15, 20 pick, yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of great pass rushers in, in this draft at all. And I think that has to do a lot with – I think it has a lot to do with how fast the ball is now coming out of the hands of quarterbacks at the collegiate level. Because they're doing that spread offense, hot, hot, snap to throw, two and a half to three seconds – you're not seeing a lot of sacks. You're not seeing the pass rush ability flash for a lot of college players because the ball is coming out so quickly. 
So going back, I mean, look, I mean, the Ravens obviously had the need at receiver, and I was watching the uh, matchup show, and you guys compared Jamar Chase to Steve Smith, and he certainly has some Anquan Bolden in him as well. But who are the guys that you think might fit that middle-of-the-field, controlling, demanding double teams that might be available for the Ravens at 27? Is, is, like, is, is Bateman that guy? Like, could he be that guy? Sure, I think he could be, but I think – you know, you hit it on the head. I mean, if you can get Julio Jones, yeah, polished, tough, experienced, savvy, will bring, will, will, you know, you, you convinced me. I think it's probably worth it. So you know, I'm, we're we're in utter agreement on this, you and I. I. I look, and I'm normally the guy that hates when Ravens fans start freaking out about. Look, please put but, it out into the ESPN ethos. <laughs> I wouldn't have no complaints. <laughs> I am I am so in favor. It just, and I and I get it. He's 32 years old, and he was hurt last year. But it's not a knee injury. It's a hamstring. And when he played, it didn't seem like you know he was he was declining in any way. I. This just seems like such a unique fit to be the right guy for the Ravens to get and think there might still be four or five good years of football ahead for Julio Jones. Yeah, I don't know about that. 17-game season. See, the other thing, Glenn and Kyle, is factor in. This is a very underreported and underappreciated part of what's happening in this particular season is that they've added an extra game, 17-game regular season schedule. You've got to have depth at positions where you're going to get hurt, wide receiver, corner, running back. You're going to have to have depth where you have natural rotation, defensive tackle, defensive end, safety. You're going to have to have depth, and you're going to need bigger bodies. You can't – the days of relying on smaller players are over unless you're really going to deal with some load management issues for some of these small players. The wear and tear of an extra car wreck, which is what an NFL game is, is going to be a lot, especially for younger players whose season is ending by Thanksgiving in college and now they have to play into the second week in January. It's all. It's it's extraordinarily fair. It's nothing like we've ever seen before, and and thankfully the Ravens appear to. It seems like what the Ravens are missing. Sound. I know we're gonna need to let you go in a second, but I think what the Ravens are missing is not the depth part of it. I think they've they're they are fairly deep in most places. I think it's this the the game changers, right? It's the special players, and this is why I keep coming back to Julio Jones. We have this conversation. It feels like the difference for them is they feel good about you know, how many linebackers they have. It's certainly they feel good about where they are in the secondary. They're very deep in the secondary. It's it's just maybe having one or two more actual game changers on the field that feels like that's the difference in them beating a Buffalo, beating a Kansas City in the postseason. Yes, I think that you're right. And I think that they need to do some, you know, I'm not a football coach, never was, played the game a little bit in high school, but that's about it. But I've learned a lot from Ron Jaworski and Greg Cosell yeah. and my colleagues on the matchup show. And I'll say this, when I see Lamar Jackson, when I see Lamar Jackson, I see the major issue is they squeeze the field and force him to throw outside the hash marks. And when they do that, when they force him to play outside the hash marks in the passing game, that's where he really drops off. And so they have to redesign some of those aspects of their passing game. It's not that hard to do. 
I'm not saying you have to change Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a great talent mm-hmm. who's had great production, but you have to go back to certain circumstances where he has fallen short in the postseason. And do, it's up to the coaches, too, now, Glenn and Kyle, to design better ways for Lamar Jackson to be successful in the passing game on third down and in the red zone. That is the key. Um, too often, what you've seen is they go back to plays that have been unsuccessful, and then he gets frustrated, and so does the, the rest of the offense. Uh, so, uh, to me, uh, and uh, you know, also, like I said, get another running back, and I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Hmm. This team runs the ball more than anybody else. Fifty-five percent of the time, yep. they had run plays called. And they, they, Mark Ingram's gone, right? Yep. He's gone. Yep. All right. So, and J.K. Dobbins got a little banged up, as rookies normally do. You're going to get hurt in the running game. And now you've added an extra game, a game to the season. You've got to absolutely get another back because you play heavy all the time. So, I don't want to say, I don't, I'm not saying take away the profile of what Greg Roman does because, you know, it's hard to win 11. It's hard to win 12 games in the NFL. It's hard to do. But to just tweak and take that next step, maybe you need Julio Jones. Maybe you need to redesign some of the passing game on the critical down and distance in the postseason. And that's up to the coaches to really help Lamar Jackson in the front office to help Lamar Jackson. I, for one, believe that Lamar Jackson will win a Super Bowl for the Ravens if they do those things. Sal, is the matchup show airing at all again before the draft? Second primetime NFL draft special. We did BAFO numbers because we were in prime time, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Way better than 5 a.m. So No more 5 a.m., yeah. Sal. That's got to end. Oh, Glenn. Glenn, Kyle, help him out. He's, he said, he, help him out, Kyle. He's, there's something called a DVR. I know, <laughs> and, and, I, and trust me, Kyle, I do take it. Him, take, him into the, take him into the break room, buy him a cup of coffee, and tell him about DVR, okay, Kyle? I got you, Sal. I got you. All right. All right, guys, I got to run. Hey, I'll Sal, talk to appreciate you. Always thank you for doing this. Sal Palantonio, it's not the draft until we talk to Sal Palantonio every year, and if you're looking for him to throw cold water on the Julio Jones stuff, he did not do that. He he, you know, lit the fire a little bit more for the possibility of the Ravens, and Julio Jones says, hey, I've been talking to them. They're aware. They know what's going on. Does that mean it's going to happen? Of course not. And he pointed out a couple other teams that could be involved, but it certainly has my antenna further up in terms of the Julio Jones conversation. I'm scared to tweet this, that they've got to get another running back. I didn't get the context of everything he said. I put this out there. They're just going to be like, "What is you know what I mean? Well, I mean, we meant that at some point in the draft, they got to draft another running back because they lost Mark Ingram. I, I think that there's he's they're the team that, that drafts that, that runs the ball the most, is what he kept saying. They always run the ball. Now there's another game in the season. They're going to need another running back. Now, somebody would say, hey, isn't Justice Hill already that other running back? And, and that might be the answer. We just saw so much less of Justice Hill that I don't know where they are with him at this point. But... I wouldn't be stunned at all if at some point during the draft the Ravens took another running back because they run the ball a billion times. Look, what I they like do. the context. I added some yeah, context. That's what, what I was looking for. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. Continue giving your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. Brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Patrick Stevens joins us next. It's GCR. 
Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling with Great Eights Memorabilia. Want to invite you out to Looney's Pub Perry Hall on Thursday, April 29th from 7 till 10 p.m. as we raise money for Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. The NFL Draft Party is going to be hosted by Baltimore running back Gustav Bus Edwards, and this is a free, family-friendly event, good for everyone to come to. Meet and greet tickets are on sale at missionticks.com or Great Eights Memorabilia. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe with competitive pricing and an AM Best A-minus financial strength rating. It's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis's career and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. He joins us every Wednesday here on GCR. He is a friend, Mr. Patrick Stevens, at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, The Washington Post. Patrick, good morning. How are you, sir? I am well, Glenn, and you? I'm all right. I, I see everybody was very happy that the NCAA stepped up and did the right thing and, and gave Mark Emmert extend, an extension. I think uh, it's nice to see that sometimes we can all agree on something in, in this world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like to think of this as Operation Well-Compensated Human Shield. Yeah, um, sure. 
because ultimately, the more people are complaining about Mark Emmert, they're, they're not complaining or paying attention to the presidents that ultimately are responsible for the NCAA. So, you know, he's essentially a front man that, you know, I'm not sitting here suggesting he's competent in any way, because uh, there's obviously been plenty of problems here over the last decade or so coming from the NCAA. They haven't been ahead of much of anything, and leadership is, is essentially absent for the most part. But, you know, in a lot of ways, his role is to essentially take the slings and arrows so that these other people aren't getting hassled. And now he's going to get to do it for a few more years. I mean, sure, good for him, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I don't really, you know. I, I, the funny thing is, I don't feel strongly enough about it or rail about it either. I, the big, there are so many bigger problems than just specifically Mark Emmert that you know that, that have to be solved. And I, I guess in all the other things that they they put out last night in this release, does anything does anything actually matter that that we learn from the NCAA besides Mark Emmert getting the extension? <laughs> well. I mean, we could sit here and say, does anything ever matter that comes from the NCAA? Fair, normal fair. That's you very know? fair. That's very uh, I think the hilarious thing is that the release comes out at 9 o'clock at night, and it's buried halfway down in, like, other business. Oh, by the way, right. we're just going to go ahead and do that. Um, let me do this. I want to talk about where everyone is locally in terms of having two weeks left in lacrosse season. I think we already know – the. It, well, you know what? Let's just do it. I'm going to go team by team. You tell me the reality for each team, all right, as okay. far as getting in, seating. Like, we'll start. John Tillman's going to join us later on the show. Maryland's the number one team in the country. What is their reality going into the Big Ten tournament as far as where they can end up seating-wise, knowing they're going to be in? Yeah, I think Maryland, because it's played in that closed circuit of the Big Ten and because there's only one other team in the league that has a winning record, uh, we're, everybody's kind of sitting there wondering, you know, how good are these teams? Um, how, if you'd had non-conference play, what would Ohio State and Penn State have done? What would, what would these things have looked like? And see, you don't know. Whereas with the Duke and with the Carolina, they had opportunities to go outside the league to play. They, they both beat Denver. Um, I feel like whoever wins Duke-Carolina on Saturday or Sunday ends up as the number one seed. So I think Maryland's okay. peak is probably the two seed. Um, I, I can see them being even the three at 12-0. and 0. Uh, I don't know how much further down they get knocked than that. Um, if they lose in the Big Ten tournament, then things get interesting. Uh, I think they'll be seated uh, and probably in that top five or six, but it's a, little, it's a little more variable than you'd think, given that they've largely rolled through their schedule besides Saturday uh, pretty much undaunted. Is there and is there? I guess we should say there's less relevance to it because you're not hosting the first round game any longer. Like it's not quite maybe as significant as it would be in other years. Yeah, I mean they might end up hosting. I mean they're well, one okay, of, yeah, sure, one of the that's a good point. That right. Mix, right, But you know, I, I think if you're Maryland, you know, you're looking at those teams that are going to win those one bid leagues, and the the bottom one or two are probably going to be more manageable than when you get up to whoever the four seed has to play. Yeah. Like the four or the five seed is going to have to play the colonial champion probably. And that's a pretty good team. That's a very and good point. So, yeah. you know, there is a difference between being the two and being the four in that sense. Um, Navy is red hot 
um, looked unbelievably good the last couple of weeks. It, I, I still assume there's no scenario where they get in as an at-large. They're going to have to win the Patriot League tournament, and obviously Loyola at this point has to win the Patriot League tournament if, if one of those two teams is going to get in. I, I don't know if either of those is necessarily true, okay. particularly All with right. Navy. Particularly with Navy, because they, they now are on the board with a victory over Army, which is more valuable than than pretty much any other victory outside of those top 11. The top 11 teams, we, we used the stat last week, right? The top 11 teams are now 75-1 and one against everybody. With Army's and loss, Navy's to, vic- yeah. And Navy's victory over Army is the one. So if Navy beats Lafayette like it should, it's, it's, going to, it's actually going to be damaged simply by taking the field against 0-10 Lafayette on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay? So then they'll play Loyola, and then they play Army. So if I give you an extra Loyola and Army victory, Army in particular, okay, and they and they lose to say Lehigh in the Patriot League final, it's um, pretty good resume. You know, I hear you. Are you gonna Are you gonna take Navy, who's swept Army, or are you gonna take Army at that point for that last spot? Well, what happens if Rutgers takes a loss to somebody it shouldn't lose to in the Big Ten semifinals, and then you know they're sitting there and they haven't beaten anybody with a winning record. And you've got you've got to pick two out of Navy, Army, and Rutgers. So I think Navy has a shot. But you're and still cre- but you're still presenting a scenario where they have to get to the Patriot League championship. I think they game. need to get to the Patriot League final. Yeah. I, I think that in all likelihood that's that's what they need to do. Loyola, remember, they got Georgetown, and then they get Navy, and if they win that game, they would get Army. And so you you look at a scenario where maybe a nine and six Loyola team is sitting there. Having okay, they've taken two or three from Navy, and their profile probably pretty similar at that point. They'll have the same victory over Army that Navy does. They'll split with Army, and you're comparing a nine and six Loyola to, let's say, a Rutgers that loses to uh, the Penn State Hopkins winner in the Big Ten semis. Again, same same type of deal. I don't. I, I think you at least have to think about Loyola at that spot. I I, I don't know if Loyola can pull that off. Sure. Um, no, nothing to this point suggests that they're going to rip off a three-game winning streak against really? likely tournament teams. Yep. But that having been said, they have the opportunity in front of them, and there's not too many teams on the outside looking in right now that have those opportunities to play with, and they're one team that does. Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. Patrick, uh, UMBC moves into the rankings this week, and that's really good, but unlike some of these other teams that you're talking about, they – there just isn't the opportunity to get those types of wins that get you in short of winning the America East tournament. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Retrievers have been overtime warriors this year. They've taken two from Stony Brook in extra time. they played all these close games. They're 6-2 and two in the league. Uh, I believe they finished with NJIT in the regular season on Saturday. So, so that puts them in good shape to at least share a conference title. Um, they would win a tiebreaker against Stony Brook, win a tiebreaker against Vermont, lose a tiebreaker to Albany. So it would be really helpful for them if Albany could lose one of its last two games, probably today at Vermont, being the, the more likely of the two uh, that they could stumble, and they also play Hartford this weekend. So uh, I think if you're UMBC, you're clearly looking to have to play to win two games in the American East Tournament to get it done. Better to do that at home where you don't have to travel with all of the – You know, I was talking to a coach in a different league, uh, yesterday, and they had already locked up the number one seed in their tournament, and he was like, you know, we don't have to travel. I mean, that's just such a pain to do this year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just simply home field. It's just staying where you are mm-hmm. and not having to jump through hoops. So if UNBC can do that, that's certainly an asset. Uh, and like I said, they, they beat Vermont already. They took two from Stony Brook. 
Uh, and those are two of the three teams likely to find themselves in that uh, conference tournament along with UMBC and likely Albany as well. Uh, weird year for Towson. Uh, did you know suffered a tough one against Delaware? Same story. You know their, their only path would be somehow winning the CAA in order to get in. Absolutely, and they got to get their way in. They got to get themselves in too. Um, they played Drexel on Saturday. Oh, that's tough. That's yeah. Been, yeah, it's... a team that's been on fire. Yeah. No, no pun intended with the Dragons there, uh, but they've won six in a row, uh, and they're in second place. They can lock up the number two seed with a victory over Towson, no matter what. That tournament is being held at Hofstra next weekend. And like you say, you know, Towson's only path at 6-7 and seven right now is going to be to, to win that automatic bid. And, uh, you know, Johns Hopkins was, was really good and, and right in it. And if not for some late drama on Saturday, would have been able to, to shock Maryland. But, you know, it's the same story. Like, they, they're, they're, their record is very bad. They can't get in. <laughs> they, they are... They are two and eight, and you know the, their next loss ends their season, no matter what. I mean, right. you could almost imagine what they're facing right now as the round of 128 in an NCAA tournament. Sure. So you know, and the fact there's only you only get to a round of 16 means there's three games that they got to win just just to simply hear their their name called on Selection Sunday. I think it's encouraging for Hopkins uh, that it played as well as it did uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, you look at some of the games that they played especially in the second half of league play, did not play well against Michigan and, you know, got outworked by Penn State. Uh, and when it was 5 nothing, it, it certainly looked like it was going to be a pretty miserable day for the Blue Jays. Uh, but I think that's an encouraging sign for them. Uh, they'll head to Penn State uh, for the second time in about a month here and uh, try, to, try to extend their season come Saturday. All right, Patrick Stevens, I guess, I guess that covers it. Anything else broadly in the, the lacrosse landscape that we need to cover for this weekend and what still needs to be handled? You mentioned, obviously, Duke Carolina being the headliner. Duke Carolina's the headliner. Notre Dame-Syracuse. Syracuse has an interesting situation right now. That, uh, various reporting from, from, among other places. Oh, with Chase Scanlon, right. The Chase Scanlon situation where he was suspended indefinitely. And when he was reinstated, I was starting to think that he was going to be part of an inaugural ATC suspensions legends class with Grayson Allen there, you know, like just kind of, there was one game indefinite suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, you know, what happened yesterday was that the, or the other day was that the, uh, you know, players at Syracuse uh, were not happy uh, that he would be returning. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting setup there. They, they went to Virginia without him and won, and that essentially ensures that the Orange will be playing in the NCAA tournament. And so Scanlon, the former Loyola midfielder, uh, really in the middle of a, of, a, of a situation you don't see very often where, where players are like, I don't want this guy as my teammate anymore, which, I, is a, a, which you, just, you just don't hear something like that. It's a, it, it makes you wonder a lot of things. I don't know any of the details. I, does anybody know any of the details at all? Has there been anything? I, I don't know. I, I don't know the details, but it's, it's not hard to it, – it's right. not – you know, there's, there's, it, it can't be good. Let's no, no question about that. They can, absolutely cannot be good if your teammates are saying, no, we don't want that guy on the team. We don't want him to be part of it. It means it definitely cannot be good. All right, so let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? Uh, again, the five-team guys that I have left, they're tough. I can't lie about that, but that's why we got four-team chasers. Um, this guy, five teams in his career, just an all-star once, once finished in the top ten of MVP voting. Five teams for Kevin Bass. Kevin Bass? Yes. Well, I'm pretty sure Kevin Bass was a San Francisco Giant. Most certainly was for three seasons. And he was in Houston for, for a long for time. For a decade, absolutely. 
that he was in Baltimore. He right? had a one season cameo in Baltimore in 1995. So we're missing we're missing two stops. Yes, and admittedly back. they're both partial seasons. They're partial seasons. He's, Are they after the Baltimore season? No, Baltimore was last. Baltimore was last, like in '94, '95. Right? In '95 for Baltimore, yes. So he basically was splitting '94 or something. With oh, you know what? Couple. So I have. So he had a cameo to start his career in '82. He played somewhere huh. else before he went to Houston. Really? Okay. I, I did not know that. And the other one was in '92. He was traded from the Giants elsewhere at the deadline. Ninety-two to Elf. Was he in Oakland in that one? Not Oakland, no. But a good thought, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, I agree. Ninety-two, it makes it, sense. It, the early one was the Mets at the beginning. It's okay. So you flipped it around. The Mets were the ninety-two stuff. <laughs> okay. So you get that when you go uh, inexplicably, you go four for five on Kevin Bass because, of course, you do. Uh, uh, tw- eighteen games to start his career with the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. In nineteen eighty-two, it's unreal. I was gonna give you, I was gonna give you an utter slam dunk for the four-team one because I thought you were gonna struggle that much. So I'll switch it and give you one that's not a complete slam dunk, but I know you'll do, you know, quite well with. As far as four-team guys are concerned, uh, this man very accomplished in his career. He was a five-time All-Star, a two-time World Series champion. He just technically counts because he played until eighty-six. Four teams for the great George Foster. George Foster uh, was definitely with the Reds. Most certainly. Was with the Mets. Of course. Was with the White Sox. To finish his career in 86. And this one's the tough one because it was 69 to 71. So, was you know, he in San Francisco at, at the of, start? Of course. Of course. Of course you would go four for four on George Foster. I knew you would. Uh, what are your plans for the weekend, sir? We'll be visiting Loyola. Thursday, they've got Georgetown in, and then catch Towson and Drexel on Saturday. I'll get a look at both of those things. I haven't seen Towson in a month, and, and like I said earlier, you know, Drexel's been playing really well, and you can make a case that you know they're sort of floating on the fringes of at-large territory as well at this point. So, uh, important game for both teams in the final week of the regular season. At Discourse, D1S Course. That's how you follow him on Twitter. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Take care, everyone. Patrick Stevens joining us as he does every Wednesday here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Act now, beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color. Plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Drew Forrester joins us next, and, and yeah, Rick's going to call the derby. But that's at 1130. It's still coming up. I, I mean, know, it's still coming up. It's what it is. Been kicking that can down the road. It's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, 
a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. We got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to stress state flag and traditional colors mask they're available pressboxonline.com slash masks let's get this over with wear our masks home team masks Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms, but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world, because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenbarradio.com. Nothing but net. Into hour number two of GCR tonight, Facebook Live, 7 o'clock. Stan the Fan Charles, Gary Stein, and a huge draft preview show with Glenn Clark as their special guest. It's tonight, 7 o'clock. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com. And if you missed Stan and Ross catching up with Bill Stecka early in the week, you can find it there by clicking on the Videos tab or by going to PressBoxOnline.com. All of Stan's shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. All right, I guess let's do this. Joining us now, he is our pal, Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. You there, sir? Yeah, I'm here. I'm getting a scam likely. What? Will oh. likely's brother. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, Will's, Will's brother. Not, not, yeah, not Will likely, but scam likely. But yeah. 
I don't answer well, them. You, you don't want to. You want to take it long. Yeah, sure. Right. Have some fun. I with got. It, exactly. I got all the way last week to the final stage. Literally, the final stage of the warranty thing for my car. <laughs> well, by the way, that's gotten out of hand recently. Can we talk about that? No, I, but I got all the way to the end before they before I finally like lit into them. Okay, okay. So I, I went to three different people. How how frequently have you gotten that auto warranty oh, call recently? Oh, every day. Every day. It's unbelievable. That one oh. is out of control. And, and oh, I got them all the way. It was sixteen minutes long. I sometimes do the like. I act really excited when they call. Like I'll sometimes do the yeah. Yeah, and then I'll you know say you know I'll go do there, but guys, I'm not. I don't have the time to play along as long as long as you do. Do you guys get callers calling you for other people? Like, do you have anybody calling you calling you Christopher, or no. someone? No. I get solicitation from people who are trying to get this guy Christopher to sell his home, and I don't know how many times I can tell you them. Should, you should offer I to am sell. Not should, Christopher. No, you should try to sell Christopher's home. Please remove me from. There's your nothing to do with you. List. You can just go ahead and sell it. See if they'll send you the money, man. That seems like okay, a good wait, way to wait go a sec here. Because uh, hold on. Yeah. Voice message. Oh, okay. Let's take a listen. Uh huh. It's a courtesy call oh. before my warranty expires. That's so listen. weird. Listen. For all service repairs, press one now if you wish to extend or reinstate your car's warranty. It's unbelievable. It's Again, unbelievable. Press one. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna. Okay, that's enough. It's, no, it's I'm a voicemail. Yeah, it's a voicemail. I've had enough. All right, um, I got a couple of things for you today. One, it All is right. it is. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by... I put my glasses on. I was outside. What? what? I was outside. I don't have my reading glasses on. Why do you need your reading glasses on? Because I want to see you. <laughs> These are prescription. I don't understand. Are you blind? I'm pretty close in one eye. Oh, that's not good. I didn't know that. No, <laughs> I kind of I mean, feel bad. I'm not Jose Feliciano, but mm. I mean, like, I need glasses. Are you more or less blind than Stevie Wonder? Yeah, I think that there's still a question about that. That's when he a, grabbed that microphone stand, that was kind I of agree. a giveaway. Guys. But I will say he looked really blind in car uh, carpool karaoke. I, I wouldn't. Be honest, wouldn't you, you expect that, that Drew? Yeah. To be honest, as a truth of yourself, seen, of all the carpool karaoke, I I don't. Weird, he seemed the most blind. From a musical <laughs> standpoint, from from a musical standpoint, well, yeah. the best one by far. Well, I'm sure that's true because he's, well, he's Stevie like, Wonder. He's like Daredevil. It's yeah, like, <laughs> I, I have no doubt that's true. I just don't. The carpool karaoke thing just doesn't do anything for me. It's it's it, it's just not my thing. Agreed. It's not my thing. That's all. Uh, it's Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Drew, would you rather yeah. base, baseball sticks with the current extra inning plan? Or after this crazy suggestion that they're going to try with the Pioneer League this year, they play 12 innings of regular baseball, and then they do a home run derby to determine a winner after that. But the games are no longer nine innings, or they the max they could be is 12. I'm saying of regular base in in the second scenario, in the first scenario, they just do the extra inning thing that they've been doing, runner right. on second base for as long as it takes to win. In the second scenario, they'll play up to 12 innings of regular oh, baseball. Well. It's still a nine-inning game. It's a nine-inning game, and then right. if it goes to extra innings, they'll play three more regular innings. No runner on second base. And then after 12, they they do a home run derby to determine a winner. Why wouldn't they just do who's got the cutest shortstop? Now, I mean, that, now, run, now, now hang on a second, though. <laughs> the home run derby thing is so idiotic. Just stick with what you got. By the way, it was great theater. Um, in both of the Dodgers-Padres series, they oh. had an extra inning game. Oh. The first series, the Dodgers, uh, I could be wrong on this, 
the Dodgers either hit a grand slam in extra innings or or just somehow scored five runs. I forget. It was late and I was watching it, but I wasn't, but I was. But I watched the entire thing the other night. And it was insane how good that game was. It was amazing. It was, by the way, that the entire four game series this weekend, all of which was on national TV, was spectacular. I was glued. I have such new respect for Trevor Bauer. I can't even begin. I'm getting a poster because of what he said afterwards. Yeah, because of his absolutely. comments. I mean, absolutely. Trevor Bauer is always a he's an interesting cat, but I think all, some of his he's pretty. Well, he's a hundred percent right. Well, he's like, definitely right about the about celebration. There's there. no question yeah. that he's right about the celebration yeah. thing. Right. Like, and, it's, and he he gets it, and he's like. It was funny. I get it. And the next time I strike him out, I'm going to do the strut, and it'll, it'll be it'll Correct. Be Everybody's going to be okay. We're all going to survive. We are not such man babies that we have to lose our minds because someone is enjoying here's themselves. Where, here's where the problem lies, right? And this, okay. is, this is what happens. He gets and, – and I don't even know who it would be on the Dodgers, so I, I, I'm not even going to say who it would be because I don't know. But he gets a Pedroia-like guy in his clubhouse – who comes up to him and says, hey, chief. That's not how I do things. Yeah, we, right. we read what you said. We get it. You got to say the right thing. But, dude, the next time you play, you you face Tatis, you got to drill him. We got to stop this. And that's what happens. You get internally, you get some pressure that, honestly, you shouldn't even get. Can't even you know, I mean, the Pedroia thing, they're still mad at Machado over that. Right, right. Like, I mean, if the Padres played the Red Sox this year, someone from the Red Sox would have to throw at Machado. Well, or would choose to is what you're saying. They well, would, well, right, correct. right. I mean, correct. because they because it's still four years later, or three years later. But we gotta he 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 can't get away with what he got away with. Oh, you mean sliding in the second base to break up double? Correct. Play? Yeah, we, we can't do that. Correct. That's not the way things work around here. <laughs> I don't think there's well, you can unless it's five runs or more. Then you can't. I, if Drew, like, you Drew. can't steal second base. Right, it's crazy. By the way, that one of the things I love about the Padres this year is they are constantly running. They are running every time they have a runner on base. They're trying it's to steal a little the base. bit more it's, running this year, I think. In general, I don't disagree right. with that, but particularly the Padres, and it's so exciting to watch. It's it's baseball. It's something similar to baseball. Unlike, hey, we got a runner on first base. Now let's see if somebody can hit a home run to bring him home. Uh, right. Oh God, it's it's I I I've, I've anyway, so enjoyed that back series. Back to the thing, you just stick with what you got. Uh, you know, I I love what we got. I'm not in favor, by the way. I've said this before. I think the runner on second thing is an inning too early. I don't like it in the tenth inning. I I do think it's a gimmick, but I, I'm I am okay with it in the eleventh inning. But I don't like it in the tenth inning. And and I would even be willing to agree to the twelfth. But if you said to me right now, fix it, I would say we're going to play ten innings. Then we'll do the second base gimmick thing, but that's way better than the home run derby idea. Well, the, really the home run derby idea is insane, and and, right, right, and, right. and, and this is why I, I I get so mad when people compare what they're currently doing in baseball to the the hockey thing and say it's sort of like having a shootout in hockey. Like, no, it's not. This would be like having a shootout in hockey. This well, is how we know the, this is insane. Right, but the problem with I mean, here's the deal in hockey: nothing is artificial in the shootout. You're you're replicating. A moment in the game that, that can occur. Yeah, happen. that's fine. Whereas some fifty-eight-year-old uh, pitching coach like me goes out there and throws the ball at seventy-seven miles an hour. You're not replicating anything. Yeah, I mean that's so, fair. You're right. You're right. You're right about now, that. I will yeah. say this: like, if you wanted now, and I'm not advocating this, but I'm I'm doing this to compare what's reality versus not. If you wanted to say that the tiebreaker is you bring out a pitcher and he throws to your best batter, and if he gets a hit. Um, 
they win, and if you strike him out, you win, or something stupid like that. At least you're replicating real baseball. Yeah, it's still going to be a no for me, dog. It's still going to be a no. The other thing is so close to not being real baseball. What if? What if it was like this? What if they gave you had to get three guys out? Like you get to choose three batters, you know, and make it like you know a regular. I mean, anything that resembles real baseball, I would be okay for over this thing. I mean, I think that's what we have right now, right? Really dumb. I, I, the problem for me is that I love the extra inning thing so much, which surprised. I, I did not expect to like it. It didn't. I thought it was a gimmick. It's baseball. Like it's, well, it is a gimmick. But it's not. The, the, the thing they're doing well, it for is. nine innings is a gimmick now, but Drew. You're, you're, you're for nine 20, innings, teams are sitting around and trying to hit home runs. And okay, then suddenly that's, that's, we we get to the 10th inning. It, it, well, it, it is. It, it's significant it, in this. It's it a gimmick run. to put the guy on second no, base. The home run derby is the definition of a gimmick. I, somebody described it on Twitter as being like, you're just skipping a step in this one. Here's the other question I would have. What yeah. if the rule was... You get a guy on second with one out, and or a guy on first with no outs. Wait, say that one more time. You get a guy on second with one out, or a guy on first with no outs. You get to Correct. choose. Yes. I would assume that everyone would choose the guy on second with one out. I I can't I, I can't I fathom the scenario in which you're, if you get to choose on who's on first. Yeah, I mean if then, like you get to pick your fastest guy right. and put him on first base, then that might be different. But short of that, I but I don't. Who's on first? All right, for God's sakes. I, I, you know what? I regret it already. Uh, Drew Forrester is with us. Drew, Drew's Morning Dish. What's on second? Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, where are you with uh, the Julio Jones stuff? Who? He's Leo? on first. Yeah, thank you. Where are you? Well, uh, give me what that what stuff means to you. Which is the, if if they really are, and the more we talk to people, they really are interested in trading away Julio Jones, that this is the type of thing the Ravens should do because it doesn't appear as though the cost is insane. And while, yes, I know there are cap ramifications, I understand that. It's not as if the number that he will be at post-June 1 versus the number that you'd have to create is so drastically insane that you can't fathom a scenario in which the Ravens are able to do it. I I mean, I would say that there's so many tentacles to this. My... Summary of my answer would be yes, but there are a lot of tentacles to it. And that would be, what do you have to give up? You know, when they, when they got Bolden, it was basically for a song, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't an extraordinary. It was a sixth. They didn't have to yeah, give up an extraordinary that's what, amount. That's what they got for him. Was it fourth? It was... Well, but they didn't give up a lot to get No, it was either. two picks, and I'm trying to remember. of his caliber. Yeah. I think they gave up a third and a fifth or that, something. That sounds right. I'm double-checking yeah. right now. I, I mean. If that's what they gave up to get, what is Jones? Thirty-two. Yeah. It was. By the way, it was third and fourth round picks for both. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they gave that up to get Jones, and he's and, thirty, and, and, and I don't, and I don't think, and I, more I don't that, believe I that. Imagine, I don't yeah. believe that. I think it's going to cost you a second round pick, and least, yeah. and and maybe, okay. more. maybe a little bit more yeah. than that. Okay, maybe. So, okay, so I'm still okay with it. So then the next question is, and I'm not a capologist, but you know, let's make sure it doesn't crush the cap. Okay, check. We got that box marked off. And then I would just say, and they would do their due diligence, but I'm, I'm acting like I'm them. I don't know anything about the guy. You know, I, I don't know who I'm bringing in. I know yes. what I see as a football player, and that's why I said at the beginning, yes. But I also think you do have to, you know, you got to scrape around a little bit to find out what kind of guy you're bringing in. I mean, he's and from everything it, we've heard throughout the course right, of his career, I mean, diva receiver has never really been applied. Uh, I would Jones. agree, but I, I would just say, like those are the 
to me, the tentacles are, what does it cost to get him? If it's okay, keep in let's mind they, the next level. they don't it's have a second round cap. pick. So it would, yeah. they don't have a second round pick this year. So if that's the price, then you got to either okay, get creative or trade could, a first. They could finagle that if they really wanted him. They could give up 31 for a second and a fourth or so. They, they could figure something out. I, I mean, I think the question is cap wise, what's it do? But again, summary of my answer is yeah, I would do it. I'm, I am against, as I wrote this morning, like, I hate to say this, but like I'm against them drafting a receiver in the first round for the obvious reasons. Which is Which because they they've, they've been bad it? at it over yeah. the years. Yes. I just think that there are certain things for whatever reason that are in your DNA, right? Like your son, it, it's in his DNA, your son, that he will be unathletic. I don't I don't know if you've seen. He's uh <laughs> he's actually He's actually a little bit better than I am, I think. You know what I mean. Like, and, but also, by the way, I'm sick of this disrespect. I am an <laughs> undefeated curling skip, and I am the 25th fastest man in Annapolis. And I oh, want a little more respect I will for those two you things. That the curling episode that we went to did not. No, that was that was that you, you you did a different thing. We actually curled. Yeah. Oh right. We're yeah. Athletes. We took on uh, uh, section 336 right. and Dominated. kicked their asses, right. and it was because I was on. Fire throwing well, stones that day. No, 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 no. Stop it. Here. I scored the majority of our points. Well, My curling expertise occurred on plastic. I remember that day famously. <laughs> I famously remember the uh, the episode you know weird? from that day. We never got an invite to anything else by that PR firm. I, I, no, it's not weird. That's no, not weird not. at all. They had a variety of events down there, and we never got invited again. Yeah, that's not, not surprising. Not surprising I remember whatsoever. sending an email to that guy, Steve, and saying, hey, Steve. When you do your Caps preseason thing, I'd love to scoot down and check that out. And he, he, was, said, he said, we'll keep you in mind. Keep you in mind, yeah. <laughs> we'll keep you in mind after the debacle that was the curling. In fairness. Uh, but anyway, Julio Jones, summary of that, yeah. I mean, sure. But I'm also against them picking a wide receiver in the first round. So it sounds like you're very much in favor of Julio Jones. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, do, I, you, do you think they have a need at wide receiver? Right. I do think they still have a need. So then, what, if they're not going to take a receiver in the first round, like, don't they kind of well, have to do that? I don't. I don't know that. You know, I wouldn't pigeonhole yourself into saying that they got to. You got to be a first round guy to be. But but they uh, don't have a second round pick. Either. Correct. Like now I you're it, now you're putting all your eggs in the third round basket. And I don't think didn't work that really last year. I don't think that matters either. I, I, I just say this: we're just not very good at picking receivers. Period. But right. here's the weird thing. We are pretty good at picking tight ends, which is odd. Yes, quite good. Quite good at picking right? tight ends, 100%. I mean, not. let's not pretend like they batted 1,000. Max Williams, you know, no. didn't, didn't work mean, out. Kid, Hayden Hurst has been only okay, you know. Right. Like, and, largely... and, and um, Ed, whatever his name was, was okay. Ed Dixon was a great blocker that never developed into a pass catcher right. the way but they thought. They, yeah. But their but their ability to pick yeah. talent at tight end has dwarfed well, what they've done. There's twice. not a lot of doubt that they'll be able to eventually find a third tight end. Or a second tight end for the offense. So, I, think I mean, every- if the Bateman kid is there, the logic would tell you that that's the guy they should get. But it just worries me that he's going to come here and be a scrub. Man, I, I so if he's there. If he's there, you got to assume that's who they're going to pick. I, and I hear what you're saying. I, it would not look. I think we're a little bit. This is the tricky part. I think we we judge Hollywood Brown unfairly because we look at the next two receivers that were taken and we say. Okay, DK Metcalf is a superstar. AJ Brown's a superstar. The Ravens took Hollywood Brown, and he's not been that. And I think what we miss is that 
He's been a good football player. Um, but if Hollywood Brown was getting the ball thrown to him by Russell Wilson or playing that offense, it might be totally different. Uh, well, yeah. yeah he I could be better I, than good. I mean, I, I, I don't think that we would look at him the way that we look at DK Metcalf. We're looking at as being sure. one of the top receivers in football for a decade to come. I mean, we're looking at him as being a star of okay, but stars. Still, but still, there's no there. If Metcalf were here in Baltimore, he, he, he no, I don't think that he would be the same guy. I agree with that, but I think the issue has been Hollywood Brown not catching the football, and I don't know that that changes just because he's in Seattle and with Russell Wilson. Like, it's it's not just that he hasn't put up Boku numbers. It's been they've thrown the ball to him, and he hasn't always caught it. Now, he's more regularly caught it than not. Let's not p- compare him to Brashad Perryman. We're not doing right. that bit. He's been, and that's what I'm trying to say, is he's been good. And, frankly, he's the best first-round wide receiver the Ravens have ever had. Yeah, sure. Like, let's, that's, that's and, and I know that part of that is saying there's not a lot to compare it against. Well, and Clayton went some good years. He had one really your good wife's year. saying that now. you're the best-looking guy she's ever been with. Now, wait a second. I've seen some of the other guys. Oh. <laughs> that would yeah, she would um, never say that. Here's the right. one thing I would say. Here's the only piece of official information that I've received, and I am 100% willing to admit this could be a smokescreen of someone just telling me this for the sake of telling me mm-hmm. that they are interested in the Eichenberg kid. Now, where that pans out... Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes all the sense so in the world. The only thing I was told is, that's the one guy that they really like. Not, that's the one, but like, oh, we really like that Eichenberg kid. We'd love to get him. But I'm also admitting that could be a smokescreen. Well, and, and I think I most most me, people I most people seem to think he's a second-round guy, and the Ravens don't currently have a second-round pick. So is that they like him more than everybody else does and that they're willing to take him at the back end of the first round, or right. they want to trade out of the first round, acquire second-round picks, all of those things. This yeah, goes- I don't think they're making both picks on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 if you made me bet one way or the other, I'd probably bet the same way. It's just, yeah. it's, I mean, the only thing that potentially sways them is how well they did when they got Jackson at the end of the first round. Like sense. they could say, "Hey, it's been kind of a charmed thing here for us to pick at the end of the first round." Yeah, they got t- they got Todd Heap at the end of the first round once upon a time. That I don't think out they're okay going to make that pick. I think they'll trade out of thirty-one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the qu- there has to be a partner. You know what I mean? Like there has to be a team that. That wants Where to move does up everybody to think the um the one kid's going? Um, D's. Ah, yeah, that guy. Love D. Now D's who? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't even. I can't even is say that, it. You've been doing the, hoping, What? What is it? Like that's what you had prepared for today. Like you came here, <laughs> and you I was had the other guy would say it. You had. Oh, you want to call to say? God. <laughs> I, my right. generation probably invented that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Drew, that. Drew just, right, Drew just heard it a year ago. By the way, I did this yesterday to my golf team, and I don't know what it means. So if this is an, if if I'm offending anyone, I'm on the record as saying this is not meant to offend anyone anywhere. I don't know what we're about to do, but I don't think but we should I did do this it. This with all due respect, team. you know. I did this. Sheesh. And I don't even know what it means, but she, they all know, lost it. Sheesh. Sheesh. This, yeah, this thing where you hit your arm. Oh, I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar. Pull, pull up. Let me see the zoom he thing. Said he did. No, no. Pull up the actual zoom so I can see you it know. there. Sheesh. I don't. That's a thing. I have no idea what yeah. it means. I've never. It, I've never heard of that. My probably whole golf team fell oh, on the floor. Oh jeez, we have a, we have a if 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 we've done something here in the last couple of moments, <laughs> if we offended anyone, I am terribly yeah. sorry. I don't yeah. know what it means. I I know nothing about it. I want to make that very clear. Sure. I do not know anything Agreed. about it. I don't either. And if that is. Fell on the grass when I told him. I want to make sure everyone knows it was Drew Forrester from DrewsMorningDish.com that did that. I did not. We have a third guest on our Zoom right now. Do you know what we're about to do here? 
I can't see who it is because I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> How old are you? I don't think you're 80. You might be at this point. Who is it? <sighs> uh, Drew is with us here on uh, GCR. Uh, by the way, a reminder. iPhone. If you haven't picked up the new uh, print issue of PressBox yet, go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> Hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Hey, by the way, hit record on the Zoom call if you don't mind, Kyle, if you're allowed to. Are you allowed to hit record? It might be because Drew set it up that you're not allowed to. I'm not sure. Please ask the host to give you permission to record. Okay, Drew, give us permission to record this call. You have permission. (laughs) I I think you have to click a button on on your Zoom. I think you have to click a button that allows us. Yeah. You record it. Fine. You do it. Record on this computer. You're never going to figure out how to email it to me later, so this is going to be a waste. Yeah, Will. Um, Joining us now. Stan? I don't know how long we've been doing this. It's a pleasure. To welcome into the program, Rick from Reisterstown, who's now with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Rick, good morning, bud. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, guys? How's oh, it going today? God. Everybody good? Oh, God. He looks like Mr. Magoo. <laughs> I am Mr. Magoo. We've, we've said that a few times in recent years. Rick, what's up, buddy? Everything, man. Things are going good down here in Kentucky. You know, I'm just he's down, he's playing down by in the Kentucky. rules. Yeah, yeah, I'm down, down here in uh, How do you get there? I-95 South, down in Kentucky. Actually, I took my horse. Oh, for God's sakes. All right, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Is it Derby this Saturday? It is. It's nuts. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know who the horse is. This is the least prepared I've ever been for a Kentucky Derby. The Derby is this Saturday, and I am utterly unprepared. Can you name? Oh, yeah, it's the first Saturday in May. No one else knows either. How many horses can you name in the Derby right now, Drew? Me? Yeah. Um, Aloma's no, that was a Preakness winner. Aloma's ruler. Um, <laughs> Big Brown. Yeah, there you go. You nailed it. It's Big Brown's year. The no horse one follows horse racing in the country anymore. Billy. Oh, all right. Uh, remind everybody of how this all started. Once upon a time. Well, once upon a time, he would just call in, right, and and would do the actual race. And then, but hang on, I don't remember the first one. Did he? Did he just call the show and like tell I, I, yeah, Adam or whoever it was, Jeremy? Yeah. Did he just say, "Hey, I yeah. want to talk about Pell Grants today," and they put you through? And they, like, how- I want to, I want to tell you who's going to win. And he told us, and none of them came in anywhere close. And then he called again for the Preakness, and then by the Belmont, he's like, "Hey, I'll bring breakfast if you guys will let me come in." And we're like, as much as it, as much as right, we it think pains it's us. Mistake, it is breakfast. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't and enjoy breakfast? We were on our third intern of the year because the other two quit because Terry used to yell at them when they didn't make his coffee the right way. So, <laughs> and he came. <laughs> Terry used to say this. Terry would say to the kids, and I don't think oh, you weren't there, but Terry would say this. He would go, all right, now listen to me. You're going to go down to Royal Farms, okay? I want the 16-ounce coffee, the, the, this cup, the 16-ounce. You got it? Right. Could be like, yes, sir, Mr. Ford. Yep. And Terry would say, Pour the coffee in and leave about an inch of space. And then take the sugar. And Terry would go like this. Terry would say, take the sugar and go like this and count to 10. (laughs) What the hell? And then stir it up and then bring it back to me. And the kid would bring it back. And almost every time the kid brought it back, Terry would say, you didn't you didn't count to ten. <laughs> and you know the oh, sugar. you know it was nice though, he almost never hit them afterwards. Almost never. 
Almost never did that. That's a lot of tricks. So anyway, uh, um, so that's how Rick. That's how. how many, but do you, do you, Rick? Do you remember what year? Do you? Do, do any of you remember what the first one was? Well, I don't. Rick, do Smarty, you? Maybe Smarty Jones. You think Smarty Jones was the first time that you called yes. a race? All right. Well, sure. I do remember that year. You almost got all three exactly right. Just had a different horse win in the the Belmont, yeah, right? Yeah. No. Birdstone. Yeah, Birdstone. I think. Correct. Wait, but you I almost. Thought... He almost got them all right. And and who won? It was like the Sarava or something like that. Birdstone. No, Birdstone. And, beat and, but, Smarty and Jones. he picked Sarava, right? It was that was. No, he picked. Smarty oh, he Jones. picked Smarty Jones. Got it. Got it. Got it. I get it now. He wasn't so smart that day. Ah, well, oh, Jesus Christ! You know what? You're as bad as him. Um. All right, we're gonna do it. I don't know why we're gonna do it. Rick is here. We're gonna call the Kentucky Derby. Uh, as always. Bad. Oh, Bad move on your part. I know. But if you haven't gotten canned by now, you ain't getting canned. I'm, I don't think it's ever happening. I'm, right. I'm really nervous about that. Right. All right. We always start it the right way. Uh, here to perform my old Kentucky home is our guy, Rick from Reisterstown. I didn't know. The sun shines bright on the old Kentucky home. This summer, the children are gay. The corn tops ripe and the meadows in the bloom while the birds make music all day. It's beautiful. It feels like you're there. Young folks roll on the little cabin floor. It's the most preparation he's ever done. Happy and bright. I miss Scott Hamilton. By hard times, come a knocking at the door. No, that's not who it is. What's the kid's name? Skater. Good night. Johnny Bravo. What's the kid's name? No more, my lady. A week, no more today. We'll sing one song for the old Kentucky home. For the old Kentucky home far away. Ah, that's so just, just beautiful. What's the kid's name that's a skater, the flamboyant kid that's a skater that they use on the Kentucky Oh, Johnny Road. Weir. Johnny, Johnny Weir. We, Johnny Bravo. I miss, <laughs> I miss him. Johnny Weir. All right. Um, uh, uh, Drew's going to be our studio host today, and he'll throw it to our race announcer. Uh, let's, let's, let's start with uh, Drew Tarico who is anchoring our coverage of the uh, – what, what number Kentucky Derby is this? Oh, wait a minute. Am I actually going to be Drew Tirico? I would like if you were Drew Tirico. Okay. Uh, now, hang on a second. I don't <laughs> – I might take it back. I might take here. it back yeah. immediately. We turn How it over to our, our – our, How are you doing, young lady? What school uh, are you doing? All right, doing? no, that's what I thought. That's what I was afraid of. We're not doing that. I like Tirico. Uh, okay. The one hundred. We we're turning it over to Drew Tirico as he will set us up for the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby. And Will Hill is thrilled. Isn't that what he said? He said Will Hill will score, which was a tremendous call. No doubt. It was excellent. That was an insane game, by the way. It was nuts. It was great. Ravens had no business winning that game. No doubt, man. (laughs) All right, so here we are at the uh, running of the Kentucky Derby. No one in the country cares about horse racing anymore, but we're here. I don't don't Um, know if Tariko would lead with that on the broadcast. <laughs> the only three guys in the country that care about the Derby are talking about it right here, right now. Um, this right. is the the Derby coverage we're doing this week, by the way. This is it. 
All right, so we are excited. Um, as you guys know, every year we employ the best of the best here at um, what's easy sure. with NBC. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're still at NBC. Yeah, sure. We uh, we employ the best of the best here at NBC, and uh, we leave no stone unturned for quality coverage here of horse racing. It is the first running of the Triple Crown. This is the Kentucky Derby, and we are turning over. The horses are in the gate. We got one still. Oh, no, no, they, you got to let him load them up. He always loads them up, man. Oh, load them up. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm turning over to him. Okay. I'm All turning right. over so he can go through the routine. Um, right. Let's turn it over to our track announcer who will go through the uh, lineup, and we're going to get ready to run this race. Uh, the great Rick um, Ashen, what's his name, Archibald? Rick Archibald from Baltimore, <laughs> Nailed Maryland. Nailed it. All right, we're going in. We have 20 horses. The first one is Known Agenda. He's right now, he's six to one, ridden by Irad Ortiz, trained by Todd Pletcher, one of a three-pack that he's got in Todd Pletcher. Number two is Like the King at 50 to one right now. Drayden Van Dyke's up on him. Wesley Ward is your trainer. He's at 50 to one. Brooklyn Strong is 50 to one with Umberto Rispoli. Why do they let so many horses in this damn thing, by the way? 50 to one. David Cohn. The only Jewish jockey in the race, and uh, Robertino Diodoro striking out New York Yankees or something. What David Cohn's in this race? Number five is Sainthood at fifty to one. He's ridden by Corey Lenari and trained by Todd Pletcher. Then the six is Obesos, one of the big long shots today, twenty to one with Martin Pedroja, trained by Greg Foley. Number seven is Mandaloon. Mandaloon is fifteen to one. Florent Giroux, a great riders on him today. Brad Cox, one of his two in the race. Medina Spirit, number eight, he's 15 to one. Trained by Baffert, Bob Baffert, looking for another victory here. Ridden by Johnny Velasquez. Number nine is Hot Rod Charlie, eight to one. Flavian Pratt's the rider here. Trained by Doug O'Neill. By the way, that's your winner for the on the record. That's your winner. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right, Mike. D Doug O'Neill, a former winner, by the way. Bourbon now is 20 to one. Trained by uh, Steve Aspison, Mike Smith is your rider. Number 11 is... Yeah, Donald I hope that horse runs into a rail. <laughs> still mad at Mike Smith. He's still mad at him all these years later. Dynamite 1 is 20 to 1 with Jose Ortiz. Todd Fletcher's your trainer. Number 12 is... Oh, it's, it's, not, it's not a Z. It's an S. It's Jose. Oh, right. Can you let, uh, him, he, can you let him do the stupid the race? La, La Perouse riding helium. It's going to take him eight minutes to do the race part that goes for two minutes. Didn't... Hidden uh, Stash so is 50 to 1 with Rafael Berano. And uh, Vicky Oliver's your trainer. 14 is your race favorite. Essential quality. He's now 9 to 5, written by Luis Saez. Brad Cox is your trainer. Rock Your World, 5 to 1 with Joel Rosario. John Sadler, trainer, shipped in from California. That horse so many, could win. So many horses. 20 to 1, King Fury. Uh, BJ Hernandez. Uh, Kenny McPeak is the trainer. Highly motivated is the 17. Uh, you know Javi Castellano and Chad Brown. Number 18 is Super Stock at 30 to 1. Santana's riding him and Steve Asmussen. Wait, <laughs> Santana's? Santana is riding him? He is smooth. Is he going to play a song with Michelle Brand while he's riding? Ron uh, Thomas is the trainer. <laughs> Your 19 is Soup and Sandwich, uh, Tyler Gaffleone and Mark Cassie trains, and the 20 horses Burbonic. I mean, there's two bourbon one. horses. I gotta pick between which bourbon horse I like more. Kendrick, and uh, sandwich. That's the name of a horse. Yeah, that's the name of a horse. Jockey trainers Todd Pletcher. He just won the Wood Memorial a couple weeks ago at okay. 50, fifty to one winner. How about that? <laughs> now we now we know. 
You know they, you know they have a trophy for that race, the Wood Memorial. Don't just. I don't know what you're about to do, but I wouldn't do it. I I wouldn't do it. Something about getting up the next day. Yeah, thank you. All right. We're delivering nationwide right now, guys, and none of these picks are guaranteed. There's no. Okay, then we're all in the gate. And they're off. Medina Spirit goes to the front. Hot Rod Charlie is battling with them. And then Midnight Bourbon, highly motivated. Then Sainthood, Essential Quality, your favorites in a good position. Known agenda. Mandaloon, Soup and Sandwich. Come on, Baez. I don't even know the horse's name. Come on, Baez. Back to rock your world. Number uh, eight Bur- horse. Come on, Baez. Obezos, Bourbonic, keep me in mind. Is a good no, it's lead. Not it's um, Florian uh, Gent, whatever his name is. Helium, Hidden Stash, King Fury, your trailer super stock is being held back in the back of the pack. And now on the turn they go. Keep me in mind is a good Zach Brown song. Essential quality. Essential quality. Essential quality takes a length and a half lead. And the period is right next by. And then Midnight Bourbon and Highly Motivated. These four have about five lengths back to Hot Rod Charlie. Come on, Santana. And St. Hood Mandaloon. Keep me in mind like the king. Soup and sandwich rock your world. Obesos, Brooklyn Strong, Bourbonic, Helium, Dynamic One, and Lent back to uh, Super Stock has made a big move. Hidden Stash and King Fury is dropping back into last place. Oye, come over! <laughs> On the back turn they go. Essential Quality's got a length of lead here. Midnight Berman is putting pressure on him. And then Hot Rod Charlie and Sainthood. Medina Sparrow. Known agenda's moving up. Mandaloon, keep me in mind. Where's the wood horse? Far turn. Essential quality has moved up by two lengths. Here comes Rock Your World. Highly motivated next. Medina Spirit. Known agenda. Keep me in mind on the far turn. There you go. Essential quality is fighting for the lead. Here comes Highly Motivated with Javier Castellano. We're so close to this being over. Black Magic Woman. And it's highly motivated, putting his nose in front. And now, essential quality fights back. These two, and down the stretch. Hey! Medina Spirit comes back. Medina Spirit's fighting with the lead with essential quality. Medina Spirit puts his nose in front. And out the wire, it's essential quality. And Medina Spirit, oh, it's a photo finish. Whoa! It's a photo finish. It's going to be very close at the wire. Essential quality, Medina Spirit, but we know for sure highly motivated third. All right. Keep me fourth, but we have to go to the placing judges. I just know there's going to be a Latin jockey. Who's involved. the winner here, guys? Always is. Take- it's essential quality, of Medina Spirit. Who's the winner, guys? Who's got the photo? What? Glenn, we go. Glenn no, no, we don't. That's you. You're the guy who calls the race, Rick. You tell us who won in the photo. It's a good try. <laughs> it's- do we go to Mr. Drew? Mr. No, Drew, who no, we don't. Central quality and Medina Spirit. Photo. We're waiting for the photo, Drew. Who's got it? I haven't seen the photo, Rick. <laughs> okay, guys, it looks like Essential Quality got the head ah, bob. Ah. Central Quality. It's a 14, 8. Always go with the favorite. 14, 8, 17, 4, 15, 1. So it's All the right. final 14, 8. 17, highly motivated. Four, keep me in mind. 15, rock your world. And one, known agenda. But we have an exact wait, 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 wait. Who was on number eight? Who was on number eight? Uh, Velasquez was on eight. All right. JR, John Velasquez yeah, on the eight. Yeah, Saez was on 14. So now we give it back to Drew Tarico, who are inter- will interview our winning connections 
trainer Brad Cox and jockey Luis Saez. Oh, this is awesome. Such a great day here at uh, – sorry it took so long, folks, but such a great day. Um, so proud to have all uh, 317 of you who are watching uh, check this coverage out. Do you calm and, down. Uh, and um, let's take it down uh, where uh, Donna – was it Donna Capone? Donna Brothers. Donna Brothers. Who? Donna Brothers. Donna Brothers is with the winning jockey, Luis Saez. Take it away, Donna. Or Donna, uh, yeah, take I it away. Uh, oh, you, you want him to do both? Yeah, you want him to both be the no, interviewer and no, the? No, no. I'll handle it. Okay. So, so Luis. Oh no! You know what? I'm taking. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> okay. So Luis, uh, you know, on the favorite, right? It's not easy to do this. Uh, tell us how you got it done with uh, everybody's favorite horse. Nobody made any money. Thanks a lot. Um, how did you get it done? Well, you know, Drew, thank you for having me today. And by the way, Glenn, what a great show you have right now. Oh, God. Uh, can you, who are your sponsors? Because don't, don't, would, don't associate me with this. Don't associate like, me with this in any way. Like some of your sponsors. Who are your sponsors? No, shut up. Just shut up and say something about the – you know what? Interview Brad Cox. Go that route. Interview right. Brad Cox, the trainer. A, a Louisville kid who comes hey, back to win the Kentucky Cox. Derby. This is Brad Cox. Uh, I know I was the elected uh, trainer of the year in 2020, and I'm back now. And you know how good I am, Drew. You know that I guaranteed this horse, that I told you guys for sure that we were going to run and we were going to put our money down. And sure, we did. We each bet, and we bet big, and we're very proud. And, you know, uh, we didn't just make a few dollars. We got nine to five on our money. That's what we put up five, and we made $9. Okay. This horse, Drew, I knew he was really improving. I know what he's got. I'm hoping to go to Pimlico, Drew. I'd like to meet you. I'd like to meet you, Glenn. We're going to be here for the Preakness. Maybe the Black on half of Drew, that's a no. <laughs> oh, no. Meet you for the Black Eyed Susan. Drew, this is a very good horse. He's central quality. All right. We got, we got to go. We got golf yeah, coverage. I, 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 think um, we, I think we did what we needed to do there. Let me remind there. you of something, Glenn. All right. Hey, uh, 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 Rick, remember the part where we would always kick you out of the studio? I just have to ask something. Can you guys get me some driving lessons from Tiger Woods? All right, we gotta go. Okay, there's, there's, there's take care, buddy. Hey guys, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep. Bye. Good Bye. having you, Rick. Bye. Um, let me remind you of this. Yeah. Because I don't know that you need to be reminded of it, but I want this stated on the record. Mm -hmm. You allow this to happen. Right. I could have let this die. You're right. I could have just chosen to let this die with the radio station. When the radio station died, I could have said this dies with it. Right. I could have done that. Drew, you have the ability to remove him from the. Zoo, yeah. Why don't you? Why don't you go, go ahead, ahead and, and uh, do that and remove him from the call? Um, can I stop recording now? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop the recording, too. You can stop the recording. You're never going to figure out how to send me that video anyway. Yeah, so. And I do it all the time. Do you really? Yeah, it's done. Right. I'll send it right now in two well, minutes. He's, right. he's out. Right. I appreciate that. Uh, it's on me. It's on me that I've allowed that uh, tradition to live. You're right about that. It's on For me. what it's worth, I protest every chance. But for what it's worth, we don't have to bring him in the studio anymore. No, Zoom makes it infinitely Zoom better. does improve everything about this. We never have to have him in we the studio again. We the whole Brad Cox interview without any sort of... Um, yeah, I've decided. I've given that too much leniency in recent years. <laughs> That's going to have to end. That's going to have to end. You know, I was the thankful. Latin, the Latin jockey I interviews. I think I was thankful that the lone Jewish jockey didn't win. Yeah, I don't know where that would have gone either, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. I don't know exactly where that would have gone either had we allowed that to play out. Brad Cox, from the uh, from being the singer of Schizo's Calypso all the way to uh, winning the Kentucky Derby as a trainer.
All right. Uh, anything else you want to add before we let you before oh. we give you the Rick from Reisterstown treatment? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know that we need to add anything. Yeah. How can you improve upon uh, perfection? I think we're really? Much, we're done. I think, I think you're right about that. All right. Uh, what's coming up at DrewsMorningDish.com? Yeah, we're doing some draft stuff this week, and um, just you know, we're following along. You're gonna, you're gonna do a Kentucky Derby pick? I I don't remember which horse it was, but the horse that um, not. Giroux, but the other Florent guy. Oh God! Was on. The other, the other. Isn't there another no Frenchy-sounding guy? Another Frenchy-sounding guy. <laughs> there we go. Rick Restown's gone. We still got Drew, though. <laughs> who are the Who are the Ravens? You know me. Pick? I pick them by the name. Yeah, I've heard that about you. Another Frenching-sounding guy. All right, here are your riders: uh, Erad Ortiz, no. Drayden Van Dyke, Umberto no. Rispoli, uh, no. David Cohn. No. Uh, Corey Lanare, no. uh, Marcelino Pedroza, uh, Florent Giroux, no. uh, John Velazquez, Flavian Pratt. Is that the that's one? Him. That's, that's, him. that's that's your winning horse. Okay, that's Hot Rod Charlie. So that would make yeah, Kyle baby. happy. That's, uh, the one that's I Doug O'Neill. That's your winning horse. Who are you betting all your money on the Ravens are going to pick? Um, I what? say Chichi Rodriguez. Why are we doing this? Let's oh, just go. we got John Tillman Rodriguez. coming up. We got to go. My official call is they pick Jalen Phillips. Uh, pass rusher from Miami. All right. Very good. At It's a Hooded Four Iron on Twitter, DrewsMorningDish.com. Would you please send me your schedule one of these weeks so we can go out and uh, go shopping? Can we get that yeah, done? I'm, I, I'm, next week is great. I'm very right. easy. Next week. Next week. We're doing it. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Drew Forrester. DrewsMorningDish.com. Joining us as he does every Wednesday. And uh, what a treat. What a treat to have uh, Rick join us as well. Hour number two from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Uh, John Tillman head coach of the number one Maryland Terrapin, set to join us when we come back in. Today's show has also been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com, where right now you can make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Come back in, talk to John Tillman next, Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone and 
take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A- financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windonation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, a couple of great responses to Rick's Derby call. Bob, the fastest three and one half plus minutes in sports. Rick's Derby's call. Yes, that's 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 a good point. Uh, Brian Powell said, Coach Tillman better be on his game following this. Well, for what it's worth, we uh, we pre-recorded with Coach Tillman because if if he had found out that he was waiting on hold for us to, to finish with that, he might have decided he did not need to be a part of this show any longer. So we pre-recorded that conversation. We'll have uh, Coach Tillman with us here in one minute. Don't forget, tomorrow night's the night. We're going to be in Perry Hall at Looney's. Looney's Pub Perry Hall. Party starts at 7. Broadcast starts around 7.30. Project Game Day draft special. Myself, Jeremy Kahn, and Ken Zalis. You can watch it at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Listen, pressboxonline.com for the draft special. If you come out tomorrow night, you can just come out and hang out. You can come out. We got some giveaways. I know we're going to have uh, purple and orange net gator masks to give away tomorrow night. Uh, these home team masks will be available. On top of that... There's also going to be a raffle, silent auction, all of those things going on, food and drink specials all night. You can get your Mo Gabba talking bobblehead if you haven't gotten it yet. All will be available tomorrow night at Looney's Pub Perry Hall. But the, the crux of this is the Great Eights memorabilia has partnered with Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland to raise money for Meals on Wheels 
by bringing out Ravens. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Baltimore running back Gus Edwards. I think is how I'm supposed to say it. That was a mistake. I'm sorry. Baltimore running back Gus Edwards. Um, and so if you want to meet Gus, get your picture, get your autograph. It's 45 bucks, and that money is going to Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. So you're really making a donation. Go right now to great8smemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8s, memorabilia.com, or Mission Ticks. You can save 8 bucks by uh, using the code GLEN in all caps when you check out to get your tickets, and then you'll be able to get your, your picture and autograph with Gus Edwards tomorrow night out at Looney's. Going to be an awesome night. Can't wait to be there. Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, tomorrow night for the big party with Great 8's memorabilia, Meals on Wheels, and Gus Edwards. You're talking about Raven Simone is what you're talking about. Yes, Raven Simone right. fan. Right. Gus Edwards right. is what I was trying to say. Raven, Big Raven right. Simone fan. Of course. No idea. No clue. By the way, you know what sucks? Have you ever tried searching Ravens on Twitter? There's a lot of weird stuff. It's cosplay. A lot of weird it's, stuff. I don't know, I don't know that world. i got to filter it out with... You know, I keep running columns on TweetDeck. Yeah. And I have to filter it out by engagement to make sure that I'm not just getting oh, anybody okay. saying Ravens. Like I don't know, I have to I don't get know how like, to do that. Like f- a minimum of five likes world. or retweets kind of thing. Weird and there world. will still be some stuff that sneaks through. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. All right. As I mentioned, we had to do this a little bit earlier because of uh, his schedule. Always an opportunity that we like. That's to catch up with the head coach, the Maryland Terrapins, the number one team in the country right now, John Tillman, who joins us here on GCR. And always a pleasure to be joined here on GCR by our next guest, his team, the number one team in the country, the Big Ten regular season champs. Got a little hairy against Johns Hopkins on Saturday, but that's the nature of the rivalry. These things happen. It's a pleasure to welcome back in Maryland lacrosse coach John Tillman, who joins us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to see you. Great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time. Well, thanks for having me, Glenn. That's the way that Maryland Hopkins works, right? Like it's going to have to play out that way, isn't it? No matter where you guys are, uh, it's rivalry. You know, throw throw the records out. You know, there's a lot of pride involved, and and they, I give the the players on that team, the coaches, a lot of credit. It's been a very challenging year for everybody, but to to kind of get a new staff, you know, acclimated to a new school. Um, get to know the kids, um, you know, put in the schemes that you want that, that work with them and have the players get to know the coaches and, you know, get to know those schemes. Of course, it was going to be challenging early, but man, they've gotten better and better all year. So credit to them. You know, I think Hopkins is getting better throughout the year. I think we've all seen that. So you guys, obviously, like everybody else in the world, have been through a great deal to get to this point. Um, as this was unfolding before you got the team together, did you have a sense of where your group was and whether they were fully ready for the challenges of what this season was going to be? Um, I'm not sure. You know, we, we, we didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I, I really like this group a lot. Um, they're just a great group of young men, first and foremost. Um, and that is always, you know, when, when you're doing something and you really believe in the people and the mission, um, I think that really helps. Um, because you're doing it for all the right reasons. Um, but not knowing what was going to be ahead of us, the fall was very challenging, I think, for all of us trying to understand what is COVID college, you know, lacrosse going to look like. Um, you know, our guys, I think like a lot of, um, you know, college teams, we struggled with it in the fall. Um, you know, it was just, it was really difficult to kind of figure out how those kids were going to, you know, just 
you know, get through the year, you know, what could they do? What couldn't they do? How do they stay safe? Um, and, and I think a lot of, you know, programs, listen, we made some mistakes along the way we learned and the kids, we haven't had one positive, um, um, COVID test all spring. Um, and with 49 guys, we get tested almost six days a week. So, yeah. um, I, I, that just shows so much sacrifice and discipline by this group. So I'm really proud of them, uh, for what they've been accomplished, what they've been able to accomplish. Cause they've really had to do a lot more than a typical team. Um, so obviously it helps to have nice players and you got quite a few of those. You got some really, really good ones on your roster, but what else generically has gone right? to be sitting here, Big Ten champs, having won all the games that you've played as the spring has unfolded? Well, we we were a group last year that, and and that was the challenge last year, was we, we really only had, you know, three seniors that were playing for us. So we were a bit younger team last year. And then with guys getting an extra year, you know, we almost returned the entire team. Um, the one senior that played a lot, Russ Massey, um, he's most likely going to pursue maybe something in the military, like a Navy SEAL type, you know, option. So very, very dedicated, hardworking guy and was a captain for us. He was really the one guy that didn't return. And we were able to bring in a good freshman class. We had a couple transfers come in. So we felt like we had almost the entire team back, but just a year older, um, and I think that was really helpful for us just because, you know, all the guys that played last year were, were kind of used to playing with each other. Um, you know, offensively, I think we were averaging about 16 goals a game last year. Um, so we were playing pretty good offense. Defensively, at times we looked good and at times we were inconsistent. And so that was an area where we felt like we needed to just get better consistently. And I think Coach Bernhardt has done a tremendous job with that group. Um, and that group has just grown in so many different ways. Um, and that has really helped us. Obviously, you bring up Coach Bernhardt. There's another Bernhardt who's uh, turning some heads and has been a pretty decent player between him and Logan. And I think about Logan's goal there at the end of the fourth quarter on Saturday, the week before that first half goal from Jared, which is just one of the most ridiculous things that I've seen all season long. Um, what these guys are capable of doing, even when well defended, even when a team has a strategy and is doing everything right, how much of a difference has it made to have guys that can still create in those situations? It, it's huge for us. Um, you know, those guys are pros and, and I kind of say that jokingly, but they're pros. Like they are very dedicated. Um, they study their film. They take care of their bodies. You'll see both those guys walking around campus or walking, you know, in and out of our, our facility with a big jug of water. Um, you know, they eat the right things. Um, they work out very, very hard. Um, every practice they're locked in. Um, they do every drill like it's a game. Um, so those guys are, they set such a good example for everybody else um, that it, it's rubbed off on the rest of our team. And knowing that regardless of what the score is and what's going on, like you just know what those guys are made of. You always feel like you got a chance to come back. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? Like you just watch him. I, you know, I, I don't know what else you say other than, okay, sure. You know, like, yeah, that worked. That's exactly how you drew it up. I'm sure in the huddle was to go out and do something like that. Um, Jared in particular, obviously, you know, it's, it's been kind of a crazy year, right? With the plans for football and, and that kind of falling apart and still wanting to do it. And there being, you know, pressure to go pro things along those lines. 
how is he handled all of that? Everything, all of the attention, all of the focus to still be able to perform at such an absurdly high level. He's a very focused guy. Um, he and Logan, we joke, they're both more introverts. Um, they, mm. they're roommates and we joke that maybe weeks go by without them talking to each other. Um, and I say, <laughs> that joke, I say that affectionately and jokingly just because they're very comfortable with who they are. They are not, you know, the chatty Kathy type. They are just quiet guys. Um, I think they are perfect roommates for each other because they don't bother each other. They respect each other's space um, and their kind of sense of self. Um, but they, when you get on the field, those guys just, man, they are ultra competitive. Um, and I think for Jared coming back for just the spring has made it, you know, he had, you know, he kind of looked at it like I'm only here four months. I'm hundred percent locked in. I'm not going to be satisfied. Whatever happens each week, like I want more, I'm going to push harder. Um, and I'm going to challenge myself to be the very best I can be. And I, I thought he said something great after he set the goals record against Penn state. We were sitting in the locker room chatting after he's like, you know, coach, I just want these guys to experience what I was able to experience my freshman year in 2017. Like I want those guys to experience that. So they have that memory and they have that moment as a group. And to me, like what just a selfless approach to things and what a great leader. And when that is your best player, you got a chance to do some good things. Yeah, it helps. There's no doubt about that. Um, Coach John Tillman with us here on GCR. Coach, we, we know you've got an unbelievably good team. Obviously, the flip side of it is you were only able to play conference games this year, and it leaves some people asking, hey, you know, how good are they in, in comparison to the other teams in the country that they didn't face because they weren't able to play non-conference games? Do, do you have a sense, you know, not knocking anything about your program and the things that you've done. Do you have a sense of where you are outside of the Big Ten and as we move towards the NCAA tournament? Um, I mean, I have a sense, but I'll be honest, like I've kind of looked at this year as if we're only playing Big Ten games, like I'm just going to focus on the Big Ten. So I really I haven't watched a lot of other games um, because I haven't needed to. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you only have so much time in the day. Um, and during COVID, there's so many new additional things that you have to take on, you know, whether it's testing or protocol or how you travel and things of that nature. So you don't have as much time and you have more responsibilities. So I don't have um, the ACC network. So I don't, I, I'm not able to get those games. So in a way it's, and I'm sure the guys are like, listen, you could set up your TV and, you know, right. like, like, you know, do like Apple TV or something like that. The kids are saying, if you wanted to. And I just, I'm like, listen, those teams, I know some of those teams are terrific. And I know there are some other teams um, in different conferences that are having awesome years. Um, but at this point, there, there's really no reason to focus on those guys. We just need to focus on ourselves and the five other teams and you know what let's just be super dialed in on this um but I do think you know we we have a guy in Jared who's I think as good as anybody because he's as good as any guy that um that I've coached um and and we've coached some good ones here um so you know and and I think we have a selfless team that's continuing to improve and uh, plays really hard. So that gives you uh, maybe a chance against some of these terrific teams that are out there. Uh, I think as the year goes on and, you know, we get into May, 
um, you know, we'll obviously start seeing some of those teams. And I know they are, there are some terrific players out there. I know we should probably spend a minute talking about your goalie too, just because not, not just when he's scoring against the 10 man ride and, and making sports center, which is really cool. Like there's no doubt it's great for your program. Um, but he's been outstanding throughout the course of the year. Um, you know, what, what can you tell us about Logan and, and, and the pressure that comes with being a Maryland goalie, right? It's, he, um, I, I think his demeanor is, is, is he's got some great instincts. He's got quick hands. Um, you know, he's got very good poise, but his demeanor is kind of like, I think what really makes him so successful. He just is like a guy that is so even keel. He never gets, seems to get rattled by anything. Hmm. He, um, he's easygoing. Um, and you know, just kind of like, uh, just, a just a carefree guy, uh, a, a very humble guy. Um, but I think, you know, with the, the way the game goes, if goals get scored, the defenders are always ultra confident because like Logan just doesn't lose his cool. Um, you know, he's very like confident in there, but not arrogant. Um, he'll always take the blame for a goal and not point the finger at anybody else. Um, so even if the game, you know, he gives up a couple, he's still the same guy. Um, and that's, I think, very difficult for young guys. And, you know, he's only played in 12 games, so he's still kind of a, a young goalie in that sense. Um, what I'm excited is that he's really never had a true goalie coach. Um, so we are able to do a lot with him and he'll continue to get better and better. Um, and he's got to be very good at a lot of things because he's not a guy that's going to take up a lot of goal. Um, you know, there are a lot of goalies that are six three, six yeah. four, and um, they take up a lot of net. They can play angles. Um, he's just not that guy. So he's got to do a lot of things right to kind of make up that difference. Um, but he does have tremendous instincts. He sees the ball well. He's quick. Um, and, you know, he's a, a guy that when we study – like, you know, the clear and what the other team's doing, he'll know what the looks are. And, and even on that 10 man, you know, he surveyed the field and, um, you know, when a goalie's not in, we'll make a call. He was do, aware. Do you, do you have rules for that coach? Do you have like rules for when someone can shoot what the circumstances are for shooting against a 10 man? Yeah. Because a lot of times in the 10 man, you know, there's, if, if they bump everybody up a lot of times, it's either an attackman that's open or the goal is open. And so if they fully commit to it, then the goal is an option. Um, and, and we practice it just so that, you know, we don't want to get into the game and have the first time somebody shoots a, a long shot to be in the game. So we have the kids practice that, yeah. um, we, we try to do some fun stuff with it. We'll have a contest and, you know, one group will have to pick one guy and, and then the first one to score wins and stuff That's like cool. that. So you, you kind of turn it into kind of a competitive fun thing, but, um, you know, we, we scored, uh, I think earlier in the year on a 10 man and then in, even against uh, like Brown in the 2016 NCAA tournament in the semifinals, Matt Dunn scored a goal from, you know, probably the other box. So it is something that we feel like is important because if you don't look to do that, then everybody is covered. So um, the last thing you want to do is turn the ball over in your own end. And if you don't do a good job, that thing's coming, you know, every single time you try to clear it. Uh, Coach, before I let you go, can, can you, the teams that have made deep runs, do, is there a common thread that you see in your best teams that you can compare and say, hey, I feel something in this team that's similar? I know like the, the coach speak is always, hey, every team's different, every, you know, every season's different. But is there something that you can feel about the best teams that you have that you might feel um, in dealing with your team this season? 
Yeah, I think, you know, the teams that are super focused, you know, that are, you know, kind of dialed in and trying to avoid distractions, um, that are making good decisions on and off the field, you know, those teams, um, they avoid some of those self-inflicted wounds. And I think this group, for the most part, has done that, um, you know, like you're dealing with 49 young people. So inevitably, you know, there's going to be, you know, some mistakes made along the way. That's why we're here, right? To help young people learn about life. And sometimes through failure or mistakes or disappointment, they learn, but that's how they grow. Um, and you find those teachable moments. Um, and the season provides some of that. Sometimes it's, you know, their choices off the field or academically that we're constantly on them about and pushing and challenging them. But this group seems laser focused. I think Jared, you know, and again, you mentioned Logan, um, they're very like dialed in um, and like they're guys that regardless of what they do the week before, they just they are not satisfied. So I, I think that is something that some of our best teams here, they just been very determined and like they're whatever happened the week before it's it's on to the next week and they're not feeling too good about themselves. They're kind of not listening to the noise. Um, and that's, I think, been really good for this group. And I think that hopefully will serve us well, um, you know, next week. I think this week has been great. We're off this week. Yeah. We're able to just give the kids a mental break. Um, you know, we're, we basically gave them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. Um, and just, you know, step back from lacrosse, catch your breath. Uh, it's beautiful outside today, you know, go spend some time outside, you know, barbecue or do something like that. And, um, you know, focus on school, catch up there. Um, and then we'll get back to work tomorrow. We got some things that we need to clean up a lot of things that I thought Hopkins, you know, did a good job on with us. We got to kind of correct those things and know we'll see them again. Um, but also, you know, making sure that for this last push, we want to be mentally, physically fresh and have the kids be excited. So that's really been the goal this week. In action again next Thursday night up at uh, Penn State, the Big Ten semifinals. That's on May 6th, the head of Selection Sunday. Coach John Tillman, congratulations on a Big Ten regular season title. We can't wait to see what's next for your team. Really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Appreciate it. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window, bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months, 866-90NATION or windownation.com. And thanks again to Coach John Tillman. Uh, by the way, I, it, Adam Jones is absolutely going all in this morning for some, and I, guess, I don't know what time it is in Japan, um, but for... The guy I had totally forgotten about this guy. Do you remember in the 2016 AL Wild Card game, there was a guy who threw a beer at Hyunsoo Kim yeah, as he was trying yeah. to catch. It? I had totally forgotten about this. Um, and and Adam Jones, t- 30 minutes ago, finds a video that, by the way, was made four years ago hmm. about the guy, and starts going off on just this Twitter tirade. What in the actual F this slap D literally tried and explain his moronic needing his, his moronic needing his ass to be whooped antics with this bull S, how a stupid beer can toss at a James game goes on. Please watch this video. I still want to kick the S out of this moron. Spare me with this stupid ass video means he has the money to reach. Uh, to, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's only weird because the video was made right. years ago, <clears throat> according to YouTube. And it appears to have been made by the CBC. Um, I, I'm. It's it. Adam Jones is like a five tweet tirade 
this morning remember, about I this guy. He was pissed off when it happened. I well. absolutely remember that and sure. didn't blame him whatsoever, right? Like it's dangerous as as hell. Sure. Um, but really weird bit that's happening today on on Twitter that I can't figure out. Bunch of you responding today to uh, Sal Palantonio's comments this morning. Look again, Sal Palantonio didn't say he heard the Ravens are definitely going to trade for Julio Jones. He said that he talked to them and they're aware and they're monitoring it. Which, in fairness, you would say about just about any player, but this one particularly seems to have a unique situation where it would be a fit. Where he doesn't appear to be done, where the cost doesn't appear to be too much from a a draft standpoint. Obviously, he carries a big cap number and there's work to do with not... And by the way, it's we're at the point where it probably isn't as simple as restructuring contracts. They've already done that to get the space they have. They would still... This might cost you a player. Now, for example, it might cost you Anthony Averett, right? Because that'll save you two million bucks. Can you get away with the draft picks and all that to lose Anthony well, Averett? Actually, he played yeah. well, and that's the thing. I don't think you want to lose yeah. Anthony Averett. Um, there's just not a lot of places left. You can maybe try to find some more money with Pat Ricard. There's not a lot of places left to find money on your roster currently. Now, you could get a Lamar Jackson deal done right now and structure that in a way where it saved you $2 million bucks this year. And then he's, he's still, like, it's only the third year of the contract. There's just not that much there to begin with. Um, but it would save you a little bit. And by the way, their cap space is enough because of all the work that they've done that they do. It's not as if they have to clear fifteen million mm-hmm. for Julio Jones. Well, they need. To clear they need million they well, you get they still have to sign. Picks, they still have to sign the draft picks, and if they want to sign another, mm-hmm. like obviously Villanueva or sure. Dennis Kelly or a veteran edge rusher, I'm thinking they probably need to clear more like five or six million mm-hmm. um, for what they want to do. But it can be done is the point that I will constantly attempt to make. Uh, uh, you wanted to respond to John from Little Rock. What was his question? What are we going to be eating on draft night? So I'm, this is a tough spot for me. I'm going to be at Looney, right. so I'm just going to take some suggestions from people about what to get. Um, I've had plenty of meals at Looney's, never had a bad one. So, But there's not one thing that I sure. get when I go to Looney's in particular. I am a little bit bummed because, as I've talked about, tomorrow is the big uh, pizza pop-up for our guy yeah. Simon Habdemarium and the Baltimore Pizza Company. And I've got a Glenn, literally the man named a pizza after me. It's the cauliflower, pickle, garlic pizza that I badly want to try, but I don't think I can just bring that to Looney's. So it might be the bit where I try like a slice mm-hmm. in the afternoon when I go and pick it up. I also want to try, he's getting me the Baltimore white pizza as well with like the crab meats, and I'm looking forward to that. Um I am not. It's funny that John asked this because it's something that somebody else asked me. I, somebody else early in the week did the bit where they were like, "Hey, Glenn, we know you do. You say the Super Bowl is dip and NCAA tournament is wings. So what's the NFL draft to you?" I think it's wings personally. I still think it's probably it's well, it's wings more than it's dip for sure. It's more wings than anything else. But I I also I associate the NFL draft with ordering pizza more well, than so does John from Little Rock. than any other food. Oh, is that what he said? He said he's doing pizza. Yeah, I I have always associated the draft. This goes back to when the draft used to be on a Saturday, and I associate like hanging out in the dorm with my buddies Mm -hmm. and ordering pizza with the draft to sit around and watch on a Saturday. Nothing wrong with that. I'm gonna be making wings. I got them at Aldi yesterday, and uh, so I'll be. This is for tomorrow night, or this is for Friday night. This is for tomorrow night. I don't know what we're doing on Friday night. I gotta get that strategy figured out. I'll work on that. See if somebody might uh, hook us up for Friday night. 
Uh, but yeah, I've associated the draft with pizza for years, um, more than other foods myself. I got uh, 14 whole wings, which means 28 wings is a good number. For, I mean, uh, as many as I need. Not you know? going to be bad. Not going to be bad for sure. Let's finish up Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, the only one that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet is uh, Would You Rather You Owe a Fine? It's gotten so much that can't afford it anymore. The judge says instead you can either spend a week watching videos and compiling videos of injuries like the one that Chris Weidman, the UFC fight, fighter, suffered. If you haven't seen it, don't. Just don't. Yeah, well, don't take our word for it. Um, or spend a week watching videos of Elon Musk attempting to do stand-up in preparation for his SNL appearance. It's Musk in a heartbeat. That's that's insane. It isn't. It's insane. I'm kind of squeamish about some of the stuff like that. Like, you can be as squeamish not, uh, as you want. You're going to be squeamish the other way. Mm-mm. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be desensitized to disgusting videos like that, I, right? Like I don't know if it's going to desensitize like a form of you. Torture. Um, I'm, both, you, you keep pretending like the other one isn't torture. I can. I can. I am capable. Now a whole week is easy. Not easy. I'm saying like it's not going to be easy to just you know find humor in how bad it is. No, for you a can't. Week. It's just cringe. There's. It's only. I'm cringe. not saying. I'm going to laugh at what he's saying. You're I'm not. Laugh at him, You're not, not going to be able to do that him. either. You're going to cringe. I'm going to say this effing guy sucks. But you have to keep watching. You can do that for something you can turn off. You can say this is dumb. I'll turn it off. Ha ha. When you have to keep watching it, it gets into your but here's soul. Here's a question. Here's a question. Here's a question. Is it the same jokes he's telling every time? Like, I don't are you know. It the might same be. You think that over? you think that Elon Musk has no, has a week's worth of That's new why material? I'm <laughs> it's some. He might have some new is material. Is just mixed riffing in? off the cuff? I wouldn't mind seeing Elon Musk just burn his whole empire down. You're not going to get that. Why? You're not going to get that. You you're not going to get that. anything that you think you're going to enjoy. There's not going to be any of that. It's going to be as painfully bad as it could possibly be, and it's going to make your soul hurt. Yeah, I'll just take that still. God. Um, from uh, Some responses. Uh, from uh, Jake Patterson, give me the injuries over that literal android attempting to pass as a human. From Nick Kelly, uh, I guess Musk. I don't think my stomach can handle the injury videos. From John Proctor, this one is gross. I think I could handle the injury uh, videos more easily than Musk's practice. Andrew Stecka, I'll watch the injury injury videos because there is actually nothing more cringe than someone who thinks they are funny but aren't. At least injury videos are interesting human body stuff. I don't know about that part. You know what? He just admitted I'm funny. How, what? What? He just admitted, without admitting, that I'm a funny in, person. In what way? He wouldn't still be here if I weren't funny. Right. I don't think that's what brings him. I don't think that's what brings him. Somebody who thinks they're Somebody who thinks they're funny, trying to be funny. Lou says would, he'd rather in a bad world describe my job here. He'd rather watch the Elon Musk videos from Dan. Dan says uh, he brings up. Dan says, Glenn, you've literally presented two forms of torture. One more physical. Well, I don't know if the injury one is physical for you. It's not physical torture for you. Yeah, it's it's physical torture kind of. maybe for the person that's experiencing it. The other more emotional torture, I'm just not sure which one is worse. I think the emotional torture might be worse. It could scar me forever. They both could, by the way. I, I'm Yes, I think they absolutely <laughs> yeah. both could, which is the reason why I chose these two scenarios and, and you, like an idiot, refuse to recognize how horrible the other one would be. 
watching someone who's painfully unfunny attempt to be funny for hours upon hours at a time will literally drive you insane. No, no, no. I'm going to say this. I think you're more likely to accidentally stumble into being funny every now and then. What's that? Oh, okay. I'm talking about you. Um, I, could, I, I think you're I more likely to stumble into. No, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be able to do stand up. You would not. But I, I think I could. no, may, maybe after five years of failing, you might yeah, be well, able to do. Every if you failed for five years, you might be able to do a two minute set. Oh, that's a bit rough. Kyle, you have no idea. You have no clue how. I love impossible. making fun of people in the crowd. Yeah, that's not a set. What do you mean? That's not a thing. What do you It's mean? also not funny. Well, it depends it's how funny you funny. are. Yes, if you're very funny already, if you've perfected being funny, then you can be funny doing Look that. Look at this guy here, huh? Yeah. This silly hair. Where'd you get that nailed hair, it. Glenn? Yeah, the hair store. You nailed it. Yeah, that's I knew your really, name also. Really good. Very impressed by that. Great point. Yeah. Great point. You knew my name. Continue to give me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill throughout the day. Tomorrow morning, we'll pick someone who wins a $25 gift card to Glory Days. Tidbit brought to you by KNS Automotive in Hamden for over 40 years. KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from oil changes to major body work. Give them a call right now, 410-235-6660. Go to knsimports.com. That's K-N-S Automotive, knsimports.com. Tidbit of the day. Of course, we talked a good bit about wide receivers throughout the course of this morning's show, and that's not anything new really here in Baltimore, but it doesn't change that it's a direct focus tomorrow night and moving forward to the draft. But as it comes to the draft, since 2017, no position has been picked more often then wide receivers, 128 wideouts, have been selected since 2017. Now working in second in place, step. of course, long snapper. Of course, working in lockstep with that notion, cornerback is the second most drafted at 121. Third most down at 88. So a pretty big goal between first and third. How big? 40 is running back. I assume that means they're not lumping all offensive I linemen together. I they're know, like, or that they're not saying pass rusher is, you know, all right. that. So, but even still, wide receiver is the top. Of course, the Ravens will either be looking to draft or acquire a wide receiver to help their core or corpse, however you want to say it's it. Not, there, there's I know, one, it was a why, joke. I, it was a joke yes, but you, it's, you say it's a joke. It's something you actually struggle with. Yeah, I know. This is not a bit. But I know now that I've been wrong, so it's now me making jokes about how I'm wrong. Of course, the you main s- target... Yeah, you don't know that you're wrong. You asked me off the air 20 minutes ago. sure. This is the bit I wasn't sure not, if it was the you're same gaslighting. word Jesus as the wide receiver one. Kyle, so. if you ever see C-O-R-P-S, mm-hmm. not C-O-R-P-S-E, yeah, which of course is a corpse, mm-hmm. if you ever see C-O-R-P-S, it's core. Unless. No. After. C. What? I before E. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. F- okay, thanks for derailing me. Well, you tried uh, to gaslight. You tried to... I, I used to get this wrong. No, you still didn't know five minutes ago. I had been flowing, and now I'm just screeching halt. God bless you. The Ravens might acquire Julio Jones. Julio Jones has the most receiving yards per game in NFL history by 9.4. So, well, yeah. Good how about idea. that? All right. Way to really take the steam out of that one, Glenn. Uh, that, you did that to yourself. All right, good luck with this. Name the five rookie receivers since the merger to have 1,193 or more yards. 
rookie receiver since the merger to have 1,193 or more yards. Um, uh, DK. No. Idiot. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. How could I ever think that? Uh, Michael Thomas. No, you fool. Um, DeAndre. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> stupid person. Stu- no. <laughs> stupid person. Yes. Okay. AJ Green. You imbecile. No. Randy Moss. Yeah, 13. Okay. 15. All right. yeah. Um How about Larry Fitzgerald? Miscreant. No. Right. How about Mike Evans? Incorrect. How about Anquan Bolden? Uh, 1377, second most. How many are these? There are three left. Still three more, huh? Oh, it could be here a while. Um, how's about how's about how's about um, uh, Keenan Allen? No. How's about um, Odell Beckham? Yes. Okay. How's about Tory Holt? No. Reggie Wayne? No. Calvin Johnson? No. Hauser's bouts. Marvin Harrison. No. Hauser's bouts. You're missing first and fifth. Hmm. First and fifth, you say. And the number was thirteen hundred. Uh, eleven ninety three. Oh, eleven ninety three. Very close. Very close to thirteen hundred. Uh, I don't know. How about Roddy White? No. Marcus Colston. No. AJ Brown. How about something random? Is there a random one on there? Percy Harvin. No. More random, less random? Probably more. Probably more random. Great. That means I'm definitely never going to get it. These two remaining? Yeah. Went to the same school. These two remaining went to the same school. One is super random. One is super random. Chris Carter, it's Ohio State. No. All right, I'm gonna, we're going to do schools and see if we can get it from there. LSU. Mm-hmm. It's the one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, well, they have produced a lot of wide receivers over the years, so... Uh, one that's random and ones that the m- that's the most. The random one is. The random one is. Uh. Uh, b- uh it's not Buster Davis. Buster Davis. No. Um. How about? Probably guess the good one first, right? I probably shouldn't do it this way. Uh, is it Justin Jefferson? Fourteen hundred okay. last season. I forgot it was that much. I gotta be honest with you. I knew it had a great year. I forgot it was that great. And then the random one is, the random one is. Uh, oh God, I'm really struggling to remember wide receivers that came out of LSU that were random. He was a first round pick. He was a first round pick out of LSU. Had a big rookie season. Uh, Michael Clayton? 
That's the one. Really? Okay. Indeed. Michael Clayton. Wow. All right, very good. Here's Totally Tubular. Totally Tubular is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. 410-401-9797. C3America.com for a free analysis. Tonight, Orioles-Yankees again for a third try. As it turns out, it is Dean Kramer who's back to make the start. Uh, he goes up against Domingo Herman, 7 o'clock on Masson. Masson 2, Nats Jays 7, MLB Network Marlins Brewers 130, Reds Dodgers 430, Padres Diamondbacks joined in progress late, FS1 Cubs Braves 720, YouTube for Twins Indians at 1. ESPN Lakers Wizards at 7.30. Clippers Suns at 10 o'clock. Ooh, that is good. Can't wait to watch that. NBCSN Blues Wild 7. Avalanche Knights 9.30. CBS Sports Network Leg 1. How about Christian Pulisic yesterday, by the yeah. way? How about that? Uh, leg 1 for Paris Saint-Germain and Man City at 3 in the Champions League semifinals. TNT for AEW Dynamite tonight at 8 as well. A couple of non-sports highlights. Goldbergs, if you're into that on ABC, Home I Economics at 8.30. Yeah. Uh, Samantha B, 10.30 on TBS. The Price is Right at Night, 8 o'clock on CBS. Stuff and things. Does that say that Kimmel's having down. Mike Lindell on? Yes. The, the MyPillow guy? Is it? Is that who that is? That's who that is, right? I suppose Why so, would he be on Kimmel? No idea. That's... That's a that's weird. That's a really weird bit, man. Okay, uh, sure. Stuff and things. Home Cook Radio. It's very that, strange. Yeah. All right. Um, ba -ba -ba. here we go. Uh, that's that's it. That's we're done. <laughs> I, like, I thought we had one more read to do, but we're done. <laughs> I thought we had to do one more. All right. Thanks today to um, John Tillman. Thanks to Drew Forrester. To Rick from Reisterstown. Patrick Stevens, Sal Palantonio. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Nothing. Oh, Ken Zalis is joining us tomorrow. Stuff and things, irons and fires. We'll do our draft draft. Again, if you've Indeed. got an idea for a penalty for us for our draft draft, and again, we'll have an answer by Sunday as to who the loser or losers are. Draft draft tomorrow. Is this for specifically first round or all? No, it's all. It's any player the Ravens yeah, might yeah, take. Yeah, we yeah, draft yeah. like 50 guys. Yeah, and I don't know 50 guys. You can put a, pull a list up in front of you and come up with a list of names. Yeah, you could pull a list up. We probably won't go 50. How many did we go last year? 30 each? I think we did 30 each, something like that, yeah. uh, to try to nail the Ravens draft picks. All right, thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Great Eights Memorabilia, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.